again. <laughs> Second time's a charm if you want to go to introduce I, I yourself. Wasn't this the third time? Uh, oh, yeah. You're, you're this, a... I think this is, this is the third take. Third third time is the charm. Yeah, the first one got cut off after like 20 Literally minutes. could be the third take. Yeah. So, so this is going to be Josh Mason episode 2.5. <laughs> but yeah, guys. So uh, my name is Josh Mason. Uh, I drive the BMW E92 at Hophead Auto Fest. Uh, been drifting for quite some time now. I'd almost say maybe, oh boy, I'm just a little over, a little under 10 years, something like that. Started in top drift, then went to the Drift League. I uh, had a S197 Mustang, also an S14. Uh, a lot of you know me from the Hoonigan days of taking my orange 1968 Drift Camaro over to like the burn yard and then also the old previous donut garage and stuff like that. Uh, also was the co-host for Detroit Muscle. Uh, those of you who don't know, that's just a little bit about me. But yeah. What's Detroit Muscle? Now I'm curious. Detroit Muscle was, uh, or is, it was like a, that like the before the social media days that was like the tv show of like the car build stuff but it was all like bolt-on build stuff it was kind of like the old stacy davis or stacy david type shows and stuff that's but, the guy i was talking uh, about the other day remember when i was like yeah. this was my favorite show but i can't remember his name it was stacy david yeah stacy david yeah so detroit muscle is basically like those shows there's like it was pretty corny it was an experience but it's kind of like they're still in that old TV world and they haven't really up-to-dated things, I guess you can say, when it comes down to, like, social media. Mm-hmm. So, but it was it was cool. It was cool, like, co-hosting with, like, Tommy Boschers and Mark Chris and all those, and, uh, you know, Pat uh, uh, Topolinski, like, all, meeting all those dudes. Like, they're actually really, really good dudes. Was um, that when you were yeah, young? It was, no, this was, like, recent. This was um, kind of, like, just after COVID. This was probably maybe like a year and a half ago or something like that. I moved out to Tennessee to do that TV show. And then they offered me the full-time gig, took the full-time gig and didn't really kind of, I'm not going to say anything bad. It just, it just didn't work out. I, and yeah. I wanted to leave. So I ended up quitting uh, to come back. Well, I quit. I was going to stay out in Tennessee, build a shop out there, hopefully buy a home out there and stuff like that. Cause everything was a lot cheaper and then move all my stuff that's here in California out there and then pursue the rest of my life out there. But my shop, I still had my shop here, still had my family and it was just going to cost too much. So I was like, you know what, I'll just come back here, try and, you know, make it happen out here as much as I can. And then in the future, move out of California. So it was an experience. I hear that. This place is freaking expensive. It is. It ain't no joke. Among many other things. So it's a wild place. Uh, but we do have, like, the best, uh, probably, like, drifting situation. I've talked to, like, a few people who have, like, kind of drifted around the world, so to speak. And they're like, SoCal's probably the best because you have, like, several tracks uh, within, like, two-hour driving. And then if you want to go, let's just say, a day of driving, there's, like, it doubles. So you have, what, like, Sonoma. That's not a whole day, but, like, a six-hour drive. You got what Muscleman in Arizona. You got Vegas. I think there's a couple in Arizona that I'm not, mis- if I'm not mistaken. But this is the shit. This is the place to be, I guess. Uh, yeah, but who knows how? Like, who knows how long this wave that we're currently on is going to last? Because if you think about it, like they already shut down, you know, Auto Club Speedway. I know Auto Club yeah. Speedway didn't do drifting, 
but just for the simple reason, like, okay, they got shut down. And then now you have Orange Show Speedway that they're because they're owned by the government. Who knows how long that's going to be a thing? And then you have Irwindale that, you know, I get it. I don't want any track to disappear, but I feel like Irwindale is like a ticking time bomb. But it's not like, like, it's inevitable. That track is eventually going to go away. And then who knows, dude? Like, I really hate to say it, but I think the only track that's, that's going to be left in Southern California will be like Willow Springs. And then you're going to have Willow Springs and then you're going to have like Sonoma and then that's it. Like, yeah, that's for like big racetracks. I mean, what they yeah. already took, um, I don't know if you ever drove there. Do you ever drive at, um, Adams Motorsport Park in Riverside? Oh yeah. 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 Adam, yeah Adams, the go-kart track. Yeah. yeah that's actually the, where I did a lot of learning there too. Yeah. Um, I remember at the beginning of the year they did a drift week thing there and I don't know what happened. <clears throat> uh, but I know it was like a shit show and they ended up, shutting down their um drift nights for like i think i they close it from like whenever drift week was i want to say it was like in february march they had it mm-hmm. blocked off all the way through like august or september so it might right. barely have came back <clears throat> if they didn't leave it if they didn't extend the um the non-drifting people i guess what happened was someone like someone hit the wall like or someone I didn't but see they it. Grazed There's the wall. footage. They grazed the wall, and they wanted to charge him something like, like fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, or so, like, like along those lines. Yeah. Right. So I was like, damn. Yeah. I did see like in their calendar. Supposedly, they're going to fire drift night or drift or, or whatever the drift thing that they had called. I think they're going to start either this no next month in september supposedly on their calendar like we go on their website yeah that's what i was saying i remember it was blocked off for a minute so i wonder yeah. if it's back yet i mean i like the track but it's a, it's a bit excessive i'm all for like it is. making their drivers pay for it but you know trying to make you know a 1500 percent profit on somebody's kind of fucked up yeah well it's the thing i think is hilarious and it's kind of ABS does this too. And I'm not knocking any of these tracks. They got to make money. I understand that because, you know, they probably pay a bunch of property taxes because of California, whatever. But yeah. when you're like, especially Adam, I, I would hold Adams more accountable than ABS because ABS doesn't draw as many spectators, but like Adam draws a bunch of spectators, right? So, or I shouldn't say a bunch, but a good, decent crowd. So when you're charging the drivers, not only like, track rental or entry fee, whatever driving fee. Now you're also taxing the driver on parking. And it's like, okay, that to me, that doesn't make sense. Like the, who was ever driving that night should just be, you know, if you just want to charge the track fee, like track entry fee or just track rental, and then the spectators get charged parking, then cool. But when you're now double dipping, charging parking for both spectators and the drivers, that's something I don't agree with. Yeah, and they're just like, well, you can go drive somewhere else. Right, but then, but then here's the thing: if all the drivers stood up and said, "No, we're not going to pay your parking thing," then there's no drift night. But then the track can turn around and be like, "Okay, well, we're going to open this, or we're going to switch it to Time Attack guys, and like we're going to have another motorsports thing." But then again, Time Attack doesn't draw the same a crowd, like the same crowd you know, or the go-kart stuff doesn't draw the same crowd or the amount of crowd that a drift night will pull. Yeah. Well, you know, I wonder if it does. Cause I haven't gone to either. Have you? I'm, I remember there was a night where they combined like the time attack 
and like drift oh, yeah, night into nights. one night. Yeah, yeah it was this. it was like from X amount of hours. It was like time attack, and then they'd switch to drift, and then they'd go back and forth. But it, I've never been to just a go kart event or just a uh, like time attack event. Yeah, neither have I. Uh, but I have. I've actually driven at their um, where they brought the time attack and the drifting together. Uh, mm-hmm. There was me going off into the fucking woods, and then the time attack guys just going right past me. <laughs> uh, whatever yeah. happens. Ah. Adam, moving. whatever. <laughs> moving, moving. I actually on. did like that track, though. Uh, hopefully, they um, they're nicer <clears throat> to people, or maybe people yeah. are nicer to them. I don't know. I haven't yeah. decided whose side I was taking it. <laughs> uh, Hoonigan, you were doing that for a minute, right? What uh, um, was. You were doing some shows with them too, like some build series, weren't you? Yeah, we are. I did the the Hoonigan Build and Battle series. Uh, me and Alex Grimm built that third gen uh, Camaro for their, uh, you know, Build and Battle Jim Connor style thing. Um, and then it was me versus uh, Soupy and um, I forget what his name is, but they built a 350Z with a K series in it. And then Mike Diaz ended up driving it. <clears throat> so yeah, did did that with Hoonigan. Also did like you know. Uh, you know, different like build breakdowns with them with my own cars. Um, you know, worked on Din's car, caged one of his E46s, uh, worked on a Din's S chassis that he had a while back as well. So I did like a lot of stuff, both like in front of the camera and behind the camera uh, mm. for them, um, including the video that we did, Wood Wheel Burnout, that got like a crazy amount of like views. <laughs> that was when. Hoonigan was in trouble by the city and that was right after the the Aussie burnout cars like came out there and that's what got them so much attention by the city that we were under very like you know we were being looked at by the city and we couldn't do much we couldn't make noise we couldn't you know smoke anything out like we couldn't have loud cars because the school was complaining and stuff like that so I remember during that week, that's when I was there and we all sat in like our little war room of like, you know, Hey, what kind of content do we want to come up with for this week? Or what do we want to shoot for this? And we kind of sat down and we all had a bunch of rules. Well, we can't do this. We can't do that. We can't do this. So I just remember sitting there going, I remember some dude, I don't know where it was, put wood wheels on a car and just did burnouts. And I was like, Oh, why don't we take our shit truck, <clears throat> put wood wheels on it and just go do a burnout. It's not going to yeah. be loud and it's not going to be like that smoky. So why not? And Brian Scotto is like, perfect. Let's do it. You know, you and Dan go to Home Depot, go get plywood, get all the supplies or whatever. And we ended up me and Dan getting in uh, Brian Scotto's wife's car or truck, going over, over to Home Depot, getting sheets of plywood, gluing them all together, then cutting a big wood wheel, drilling holes. And then at the time, we didn't want to do it at the yard or at the uh, the donut garage because, <clears throat> again, we just didn't want to get in trouble. Uh, uh, 1552 offered to use the back of their shop. So we ended up like do- making the wood wheels at the donut garage, putting the truck on the trailer, taking it to 1552 and shooting that video. And it got something ridiculous, dude. I think it's up to like 2.5 million views or 3 million views or something like that. And then Jesus. at the same time, we did uh, – the rally car and we put it in a bed of dish soap and that got a crazy amount of views also did that at 1552 that was another thing i was i had a little part in um 
but yeah, that's my only real claim to fame was just wood wheel burnout. <laughs> oh wait, no, I remember uh, Larry Chen put the Camaro <clears throat> on his page too when you were drifting horse thief mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ch- he chased me. Uh, oh, it was at All Star Bash. I took the Camaro to All Star Bash, uh-huh. and uh, I remember him showing up with his I forget what he called orange bangs, his Dotson. Had a camera rig all mounted up. He's like, Josh, you know, here I want to chase you. I'm like, I'm down. He's just, he's just, he was just telling me, he's like, just don't tire dip. For the love of God, don't tire dip. Because if I wasn't, I was gonna shoot rocks all over his car. And I was like, okay, cool, you know. And I was like, I'm not trying to go crazy with Camaro anyway. Car barely wants to drift anyway. So yeah, um, yeah he chased me at uh, Horsey Mile. Still got footage of it. It was real fun. You think that car made you drive a lot better when you got into like a serious car? Because one hundred percent. <clears throat> I'll say this. You went from like you did well in the Mustang. Uh, but then you went you built the two forty. I think you what did a couple of test days in it, and then you relicensed at Just Drift that yeah. year. Uh yeah. and the same shit with the fucking your E ninety two now. When was the last time you drove? Before you put this thing back together. Oh, the before I put the E ninety two together? Mm-hmm. I would say com- like competitively um probably two and a half years so it's like yeah i i learned how to yeah that was the just that was a no it was yeah it was a just drift shootout or a top drift shootout yeah it was i think in 2009 oh no no nine what am i saying 2019 or or might have been 2020 i think the that was 2020 because i remember it was covid here it was. It was 2020. <laughs> yeah, it was 2020. So the last time I drifted competitively was, yeah, 2020. And then, um, yeah, so learned in the Camaro, went to the Mustang, got my FD Pro 2 license in the Mustang, then built the S chassis thinking it was going to be more competitive or a more better drift car, which it was in, in certain amount of ways over the Mustang. But then I couldn't get used to the wheelbase. So then took a long break, sold the car to Don Shredda, which is now his car that he competes in. But I sold it to him as a roller. Yeah, the Shreddinator. So sold that car as a roller to him. And then I ended up putting the car together for him, which oh, really? he's competing in now. Yeah, that's when I got back from Tennessee. And then uh, went to a Hot Pit Auto Fest event last year, round three, and instantly got my wheels turning. I missed the smells. I missed the competitiveness. I missed driving. And I was up in the stands at round three last year shopping for an E92 or an E46. It was like, I didn't know if I wanted to do E46 or E92. I was leaning more towards E92 just because I like E92s better. And I think everybody kind of has an E46. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not really a, how do I say it? I think a trailing arm works, but I don't know. I like multi-link. So there I was shopping for an E92. I found the E92 literally in the grandstands at round three. And then that following weekend, I was driving up to Ojai to go buy the car. <laughs> nice. What'd you get for, how much did you pay for the car? Was it running when you bought it? No, it was actually, it was a roller. So it was, oh, uh, it was a complete car other than no engine, no trans. So what happened was it was a 335-07 that the guy, he put like some gnarly turbos on it in a tune and he was drag racing with it and he blew the motor up. And when he blew the motor up, like he took the engine trans out, put like an LS in it, and then it never got an LS. It sat in front of his yard for, I don't know, something like four or five years. And then finally he decided to sell it. 
um, cause he bought, he ended up buying like some gnarly Corvette and his Corvette was there when I saw it. Um, but I bought the car for two grand. Um, and it was immaculate dude. Like the paint was like surprisingly like really nice. And then all the interior was in there. The interior was like super pristine. So I was able to take a lot of, the, uh, parts out of the car to somewhat recuperate the $2,000 investment I put into it. I probably could have got something cheaper, like say, I don't know, like on Copart or something like that. But the guy originally wanted like three grand for it. And I took him down to two and he was just like, all right, you know, just bring a trailer. And I'm like, okay. And it was clean title. Not that I was ever going to street it, but um, I just it's knew. It's nice to know that it is. It was, yeah, it's nice to know that it is. And I knew that it was a straight chassis. Like it, all the yeah. bare bones were there. Like I knew I was going to cut all the crap out, but at least I, I was starting with a good platform. Yeah. How long did it take you to so, build that thing from start to finish? Uh, roughly about seven to eight months. I was doing like 300 miles an hour, dude. Like, cause like I said, during round three, that's where I was like, okay, I want to do hot pit next year. And during round three gave me like a, I think a 10 to 12, no, like 10 to 11 month window to like build a car. Well, that following weekend I bought the E92 and then I already had the engine. I already had the transmission. I already had, uh, you know, the, the four nine inch diff. Um, and I had like, you know, an ECU, I had the wiring harness for the engine. Mm-hmm. So all I really needed was a car, uh, you know, front suspension, rear suspension, coilovers, wheels, and I already had seats. I needed to uh, either buy or make a fuel cell. I ended up making the fuel cell. Um, I already had all the dry sump tank and everything. So I already had like a lot of this stuff. So that's another reason why I was able to get the car done as quick as I did, because I literally already had everything. Um, And then I utilized my connections with, you know, extreme dimensions for the body kit, uh, wide fab for the suspension, um, you know, the front uh, angle kit, the rear suspension kit, and then feel uh, for all the coilovers and stuff like that. So they helped me out a bunch, uh, you know, to get the car done. It was just the only thing was the fab work is what took the majority of the time. And like the wiring and, and the wiring and the plumbing realistically took the, the majority of the time in the build. Oh, that's right. You have a, um, a dry sump set up. So those take uh, a little bit of time compared it's, to. Dude, it's a lot. And it's like, it's all dash 16 lines. Like you have mm-hmm. in my setup, I mean, there's different dry sump setups where they run a lot more scavenge lines or just one scavenge line the way mine is. Uh, it's a daily uh, engineering dry sump setup. So I have two 16 scavenge lines uh, that both are parallel all the way into the dry sump tank. And then I have one 16 for the feed, which goes from 16 from the tank to the pump. And then from the pump, it goes like 12 to an oil filter. From the oil filter, it goes directly into the engine. Um, mm-hmm. I run no... Uh, engine oil cooler just for the simple reason is dry sump because that oil gets pulled out of the motor and it gives it a chance to actually cool down if you're it's because it has so much travel up. already yeah exactly and i mean and I, and I have a temp gauge in it too and i monitor temps and it doesn't go you know i don't see oil temps uh even if i'm like doing Audit. well and i'm kind of back-to-back running uh the highest oil temp i saw i think was like 238 which is you know, not right terrible. in the ballpark. No, not it's not terrible. terrible. So, um, and I run good oil in it. So, um, and my oil pressure does not go anything below 
even when it's hot, you know, it's 50 PSI and then cold start, you're seeing about 90. And then once it warms up, you know, it kind of finds a little happy medium in between like 60 to 70, stuff like mm. that. So, uh, and then I run, um, what did I put in there last? It's, it, no, 10W40. Yeah, I run 10W40. I used to run 5W50. That worked pretty well. But with on the 50 side of things, I was seeing too much oil pressure. So I changed it and made it 40. And that kind of, I think, gave me a good window of like 60 to 70 uh, PSI oil pressure. Hmm. Gotcha. I'm taking all these notes down from my car. <laughs> now, uh, when uh, when when you got when did you get back from Tennessee? I think like two years ago. Yeah, I'd say roughly about two. Yeah, two years ago, or maybe just almost two years ago. I didn't go for a very long time. I left. Time and I was there flies, for man. six months. I know, right? Like, and then when I see everybody's kids, when I see them post up their you know happy birthday, their kids, and I'm like, dude, I remember when that kid was born. Now that yeah. kid, I'm not a very tall guy. And now that, that little boy, little girl, they're like the same height as me. I'm like, yeah, seriously? Serious? <laughs> yeah. Dude, my kid too, man. He's, uh, he just turned 12 and I'm like, fucking Christ. I'm like, can you reach the pedals yet? Let's get you in this car and see how you Apparently do. Still there? I'm there you go. You cut it. You pop, you pause for a second. My bad. Yeah. You did earlier too. And I was just like, please don't fuck up again. Yeah. Please work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but like I was yeah saying, we're talking uh, about kids they grow up fast dude even your yeah, kid man. your kid's grown up fast <laughs> i don't know if you've seen him lately maybe you'll see him this summer whenever i think you oh, posted, you'll see him at you you'll see him at irwindale he'll be at irwindale with me oh heck yeah um Go. dude yeah yeah i don't know last time you saw him what was i'm gonna assume at the drift league in 2019 yeah. so yeah. yeah now he's and 12 he was... and an asshole not an asshole but, <laughs> 12. Know, he has his own personality <laughs> now for sure. Right, right. So, mm-hmm. um, I think we all had a, quite the asshole personality when we were like... At 12? Yeah, 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 that's when you're just like pissed off at the world for nothing. Right, right, right. Like, like all of us. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, can you yep. stop breathing so loud? I'm like, I can try. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, no, he didn't say that, but it's it just... It's, it's but that's the uh, look he's giving you, like... Yeah, keep it down, <laughs> old man. That's what I'm hearing. Uh... I was saying something earlier about you driving from getting from like the S14 to then jumping into this car now. And then I had asked you the last time you drove, you said it was like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then it's still, you came back in this car and did really well for your first time out for only, would you test it two or three times before hot pit round? Was that two? Yeah, that was round two. Yeah, round. I did. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't make it to round one. I tried, I remember that. but I just, I, I could, I, okay. I could have, and Jeff Jones kept telling me, oh, just fling it together. Just, fling. and I'm like, no, I'm not. Mm. <laughs> I love you, bro, mm. but no, I'm not just going to like fling this Slap car together, together and go yeah. throw, throw it a wall. Um, so yeah, I debuted the car at round two. Yeah. Like at hot pit and like, I only tested the car twice. I only drove the car twice. Um, but going into that car, I felt literally at home and i think it's just that that 108 inch wheelbase for some reason to me just feels so good um i know with the s14 i was always like having to 
dial the side bite in or dial the grip and the this and the that. And I just, I never got comfortable in that car. I, I, I loved driving it, but it wasn't, it didn't fit me. It didn't fit my driving style. And then hopping into the E92, even on the first test day, I was like, dude, this thing feels like, you know, my Mustang, but on steroids or my Camaro, but on steroids, like, but it just, for some reason, man, I just love that 108 inch wheelbase. It's just, it feels right to me. And I know it's all that, but I know it's driver preference. So don't anybody think like, oh, well, 108 inch is like the way to go. Well, you may drive a 108 inch wheelbase and absolutely hate it. Just like, yeah. I'll never drive a 100 inch wheelbase car ever again. But that's just driver Fair. preference. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think sometimes people who are like, oh, I don't want to tell you my setup. And it wouldn't necessarily work for like whatever works for you. Like, for mm-hmm. instance, I'm building the same car, right? So I wouldn't ask you for your setup. I'd probably ask you where to start and then I'd fine tune it myself. Mm-hmm. But let's just say vice versa. If, if you gave me your exact setup, I'd be like, oh, this setup sucks for me. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. <laughs> it could be completely yeah, different. Yeah. Like I remember... When I first built the car, when I was first building the E92, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm going to be devious and I'm not going to tell anybody anything and I'm going to yeah. keep it all a secret. Everything's going to be a secret. The horsepower yeah. is going to be a secret. And then <laughs> over time, I kind of grew out of that mentality. And I also realized that like, Josh, you could literally tell ev- like everybody your setup and they can, like what you said, they can go out and use the same spring rates as me, the same valving as me with the same horsepower and the same tire. And they can be like, wow, I don't know how Josh drives this car. This is the worst setup I've ever driven in my life. When I'm going to turn around and say, well, this is the most best setup I've ever driven in my life. It's like, that's the thing about like drifting. It's such a uh, driver preference thing, but also too, there's so many other different factors that play into that. Like for example, you could have the same spring rates as me, but your alignment can be completely different. Like, for example, I, I run like zero toe in the front and I run a crap ton of toe in the rear. And you may only be comfortable with a certain amount of toe in the rear and you drive with a quarter inch toe out in the front and you're using the same spring rate as me. Well, it's going to feel completely different. So it's like people think it's just spring rates and it's just valving and it's just tires. It's like, dude, it's so many so many variables. different factors that, that yeah. yeah very thank you it's so many different variables that really make it i mean even i've heard of stories of like engine builders you can literally have the guy that builds two identical engines like literally identical engines they go both get put on the dyno and they put out different amounts of power like i don't know it's maybe one day he wasn't drinking that day when he built that motor and maybe that day he was just yeah. drinking coffee when it's like you know yeah and the day he had beers, he had an extra 100 horsepower somehow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Moral of the story, yeah. drink more beer. Yeah. I mean, when I built my Mustang, I was practically drunk the entire time. <laughs> hey. Hey. I, not, really I, pr- not, re- not really proud of it, but, you know. <laughs> as, a, as a highly functioning alcoholic, I fucking hear you. Actually, but I can't drink <laughs> and get anything done. So as soon as I crack a beer open in the garage... That's uh, I probably got like an hour left in me. Of right. Actual work or it's like, <laughs> it. I think it's by like beer number four. It's like in between 
beer number one and beer number four, you're still really motivated and you're still working. But after beer number four, you're just like, no, I just want to sit here and stare at it and drink beer. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was the only one. All right, cool. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, uh, it's uh, especially like I have a customer car here that's been haunting my entire life. Uh, I'll never work on anybody's car again. Um, and I, But I put... I had that GTO here I was telling you about a while ago. It's finally mm -hmm. running and it goes into nice. gear and it goes into reverse and drive. But the pump makes a bunch of noise when you start it. Oh, boy. Yep. Oh, and uh, the headers were glowing red hot at idle. So it's running super lean. Boy. So, yep. Got to get a new tune in it. Yeah. I hate, I hate people's cars. I hate That's them. one thing, dude. Like anytime I was doing work for like, other people in my shop, I did not mess. I would always tell everybody, I'm not touching your electrical. Yeah, but Josh, like, nope. you wired in your ECU and you wired, you know, all your whatever. And like, oh, you know, like, and I'm just like, no. Like, when I assembled Don's car, I, like, I was like, Don, I'll put the engine and trans in it. I'll literally get it to where this car is ready for wiring. I'll do the plumbing, but I will not do the wiring. You're going to have to either take the car you know, like not running with no wiring in it, um, you know, or, you know, if you have a wiring guy that wants to come in here and wire, like, cool. But other than that, I want zero responsibility for wiring because I am not, I do not have the patience to diagnose electrical issues. The only time I would have patience to diagnose electrical issues if they were my own. But yeah, Derek That's Klug, fine. yeah, Derek Klug built me such a awesome electrical panel like in my car that I still use till this day. I took it out of the S chassis and I kept it and put it on the E92 and I have, thank God, zero electrical issues. So that's, you know, good. Although I'm kind of having an electrical issue where I noticed in this last round, I don't have enough alternator. So I'm still using the 2001 uh, Camaro alternator, which only makes like 108 amps or something like that. So I'm literally at a point where I can't run my headlights and my underglow at the same time. Because if I do, it's going to shut the motor off. <laughs> oh, dude. It's that bad. Like, it's that. I need a bigger alternator. Like, I need to order an alternator, like, I'm pretty literally, sure. like, tomorrow. But if you're using that, it's I'm going to assume it's in a bolt-up situation. I'm sure you can buy, like, a, a, higher, a higher output alternator for that same setup. Yeah. I mean, or... The other thing is I haven't really even checked to see if that alternator is even producing that, that, you know, many amps. I mean, I've been abusing that alternator in the S14 for, you know, since I built the S14. So maybe it's just going out too. I don't know. I'll have to double check it. Yeah, that's fair. But Let's talk about Hot Pit, man. Hot Pit. I like it. What you want to know? I love Hot like? Pit. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was a little hater last year because they said no, I couldn't drive, <laughs> so I didn't go to any of them. Um, but I went because you, you asked me to go to round two, so I went. But, man, I fucking love it. it yeah, is, Hop is rad. Yeah, they they did it right like with um, like everything they have going on, the comp, the drivers. I get why they said no. Yeah. Like, it's a good well, show. Yeah, well, it's like, to base like hot pit, it literally it did everything. And I'm not trying to talk crap on on the drift league. I think the drift league uh, was awesome at the time, but there was also things that I was trying to get them to do and they weren't doing. 
So Hop Pit really uh, did a lot of things that the Drift League should have done. But then at the same time, I just love the fact of Hop Pit, for one, it's minimal to no rules. You could show up with a tube chassis, which is sick, like absolutely sick. You want to yeah. change pivot points. You want to do this. You want to run side exit exhaust, like how I run my E92. Like, have at it. Like, and that's how me personally, when I got into drifting, drifting was such an outlawed, like it was such an outlaw class. Like there's no, there was little to no restrictions on car versus fast forward. Now formula drift is basically, in my opinion, Miata, a Miata spec class at this point. Oh, um, for like pro spec? Yeah. Like pro, stock pedals and whatever. Now I'm going off on a different tangent, but hot pit, it's so cool because it's such an outlaw thing. All they require is just safety and they limit it to a 300 treadwear tire, which is, and also the width of 260. But if you want to show up with a tube chassis, cool, have at it. And then the other biggest thing is that uh, their live streams are super awesome. And that's what I was always leaning on the Drift League, like, dude, do a live stream, do a live stream. And then it was always like, oh, we don't have the budget for that. It's like, okay, then just set up one camera, just one camera with one camera guy at the top, just to let people know we exist. And what Hot Pit's doing is really doing a great job trying to make the drivers look like rock stars and promote the drivers as much as possible. The Drift League really didn't do that as much. Um, and I, I think that's what's making it so appealing to a lot of different drivers, not only in California, like all over the United States. Um, I'm even hearing through... Uh, you know, RJ and Jeff and Rob, that there's a lot of drivers, uh, like even pro guys, that are probably going to be showing up round five and also definitely showing up next year. So, uh, yeah, I, I love Hoppit, dude. I, I love that it, you know, Jeff is obviously a driver. RJ is obviously a driver. Rob's been very experienced with, um, you know, having drift events. So they know how to run a drift comp. Like, it's not like... Yeah you know, people that came from road racing and are just, oh, hey, let's start a, a drift comp. And they know nothing about drifting. It's like, these are people that are seasoned in drifting, been around it for years. They know how to organize the event and how to make this succeed. And I, I just, I'm so pumped about what they're doing. When I found out that the, the series was coming out, I was like, okay, great. Now I need to build another car. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like, they're, they saw where like other series are like falling short and kind of picked yeah. up from there. Um, yeah, well, like clutch kickers. Now clutch kickers is no longer. That was the other thing. Like when before hot pit, there was clutch kickers, which again the format was the exact same. Although there was there was no rules as far as car, and there was no rules on tire. Like I remember going to clutch kickers uh, one of the years, um, and there was no tire regulation. You could run a three fifteen one eighty treadwear. Like, or you could run a 255, whatever. Like, there was no tie rules, like, whatsoever. Um, and then even when That's they wild. tech my car, it was it was pretty much like, well, you got a roll cage and you got a helmet and a suit. Cool. Go. There you go. You pass tech. Oh, <laughs> all right. Like, yeah, you know, that's, but then. That's pretty wild. I mean, it was it's cool, but uh, I think with the tire thing, then I know a lot of people kind of like, there were certain issues where certain drivers showed up with these gnarly tires <laughs> and then there's other drivers that couldn't afford the gnarly tires. So that kind of made it a little bit of an, 
interesting situation. And I empathize with that. But that's where I think Hoppit closed the door on that and said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to regulate the tire. I don't care who you are. Everyone needs yeah. to run a 265, 300 tread wear. And me personally, I like that. Just don't regulate the car or the actual engineering of the car itself. Still make mm -hmm. the car safe and regulate it to where the cage is actually fully welded and stuff like that. But don't tell me that I can't like run an aftermarket steering column or aftermarket pedals or change pivot points or run side exit exhaust. Like, I don't know. I highly, I massively disagree with stuff like that. I love side exit exhaust. I like it right before the wheel. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. that. On oh, like, uh, what was it? Dustin, Dustin Farrell was like, dude, I freaking I love your exhaust, but I hate your exhaust. I was like, oh, why? Yeah. And he's like, because what I'm, He's like, when I'm on your door, I don't even hear my car. I just hear your car, and it's just like, ah, in my face. Wow. Yeah. Like, V8 yeah, thing, bro. Your car's fucking loud, dude. <laughs> your car's like, between yours and fucking um, John's car, Schaefer's car, mm -hmm. you guys yeah. have the loudest cars there, uh, at least the V8 cars. Um, I was expecting a little bit more from the Mustangs because mm. of... Um, JTPs, like his sounds really good, but yeah. they sound nothing like what they sound like nothing like JTPs at all. I know it's kind of yeah. it's kind of a letdown. Um, yeah, but yeah, yours and his are pretty wild. Uh, they don't. There's only like two J's there, huh? Between it's for Hophead, like just two J drivers and LS drivers. I haven't heard anybody else's motor besides like the two um, the two Mustangs. I mean, there's, are there. there's, yeah, there's Mustangs. Those Is are there on an RB? I no, I don't think. I don't, I don't think, think so either. I don't think any. Yeah, I think it's all Jay Z, LS, Rotary, Coyotes, maybe and, VQ. Oh, uh, VQ. Someone's oh VQ. You're right, and then an SR. Someone's running an SR. Someone's running that, an SR. Oh, that, Fuck yeah. Yeah. Someone's running an SR, but I forget. Oh, it was, uh, was it Ry Riley Mercado in the black S13 hatch? I think. I could be wrong. But there's for sure an S. Someone's running an SR. And I think even uh, Nanami's running an SR, too. Who's Nanami? Is that... uh, the girl driver from Japan. That's what, Okay, that's who I thought. I wasn't sure. Um, yeah, I love the way SRs sound. I'm not uh, into Japanese engines at all, but the SR <clears> does sound good. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I think if I was to be a non-LS guy, I think I would do, I don't know, I'd still go V8. I'd probably be like a BMW S65 guy, but if I use a BMW S65, that motor is not going to be reliable. I'm going to work on it more than drive it. <laughs> if, if LS wasn't there, I would have a Chevy small block in it. That would be sick. Yeah, and it, I don't know if, it, I ended up down the fucking rabbit hole not too long ago. Um, On so they make, yeah, so they basically make a Chevy small block block with LS heads that bolt onto it. Um, uh, yeah, so what and it exactly it's it's not cheap, by the way. Uh, oh, just the block itself, so you get the who makes the block? I, I think it's uh, I don't want to say it's Did dart, it, it might be dart, but uh, don't quote me on that. I'm going to look this up because that sounds sick. Yeah. I would uh, be totally uh, signed up for that. Fucking TikTok, <laughs> man. Uh, uh, these fucking assholes know everything. Um, anyways, it's, well, like, uh, the, you can even convert yeah, it to distributor setup. 
Yeah, eh, I hate distributors, dude. From, the, uh, I, from so my I. small block Chevy and the Camaro. Just not. Yeah. Uh, it would have to be like crank trigger. What I'd really want to do is take like an old Chevy small block setup and then do the. Um, they have it where you can put like the LS coil packs on it. You get rid of the distributor. Mm. I mean, you use like yeah. the distributor input like on the back of the motor on the small block because that's where mm. you're going to put like for your timing stuff. Kind of like your cam yeah. sensor, so to speak. Yeah. So it knows when to uh, fire off. And then uh, you get all the goodies from uh, multi-point um, electronics, so, mm-hmm. which is a although, lot distributor. Yeah, although even I think it would be, it'd be cool. It would be really, really cool just to say like, oh, this is a small block and not technically an LF. Yeah, but exactly. from my understanding, I think, don't quote me on this, I think if you were to weigh like an iron small block Chevy block and you weigh an iron LS block, I'm pretty sure the LS block itself is lighter than the small block Chevy block. Like I'm pretty sure, it's probably not much. I think it's like 30 pounds or something like that, but. Hey man, 30 pounds is a lot. Yeah. It's, it's a lot mm-hmm. when you get to like certain areas, especially if you're trying to like get to a certain limit of weight. It's <clears> a lot. I think I took like when I had that Cadillac, I took so much metal out of that car, like like where the seatbelts would bolt in. Remember mm-hmm. that those little um, those little spot weld tools you showed me? Oh, I bought oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And I, oh, yeah. I got to work. I was there in there for like oh, yeah. two days pulling a whole bunch of stuff out, and I got like thirty mm-hmm. pounds of metal out. Oh yeah, it's it's like you sit there and you look at this pile of metal and you kind of slightly pick it up and you're like, wow. Yeah, even like the stock seat. <laughs> The stock seat brackets, you know how like mm-hmm. they um, they'll kind of hold inside of the um, the floorboard, and then also on the rocker panel and on the trans tunnel. I took those mm-hmm. two out as well, and then just welded in some um, square tubing across with like a plate on it to each side because yeah. it it still brought the weight down a little bit, and it was only like yeah. probably like two pounds when you did a wall, but that <laughs> car weighed so much, I was like, I have to do it. Yeah. It's cool. It's exactly. a cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it, like, it's wild, dude. Like, it's, it's cool to see, like, stuff like that. Like, if you, like, when you're concentrated on taking weight out of the car or, like, engine package or, like, what we were talking about technical wise, like, oh, with this setup, like, how do I say it? Like, even though if you have my setup, it's not going to work with you or whatever. But people, I think the other biggest thing that I learned this year actually is no matter what setup you have, or how gripped up you are, how loose your car, like loose your car is, or whatever, whatever chassis you are. But if you don't have your mindset like right, like you won't be competitive. And when I say mindset, like my biggest learning curve this year, just being in the car the last couple of rounds, I've learned to be calm in the car, be relaxed, and don't. I know it sounds weird, but don't take this lap or this competitor. Seriously, just go out there and just have fun. And it takes so much of the stress off of driving. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, like you're here for a good time. I think yeah. some people don't really kind of um, see that the same way when it comes to like competition. Uh, mm-hmm. Where they, get, they become like a nervous Nelly, you know, you know that the fucking, the hair on their arms is raised. You know what I mean? And they're driving and they're driving like. Oh, no, I got you. Uh, I got you. I got you now. Yeah. 
when people are like driving like a nervous Nelly and they start driving like shit, when you know mm-hmm. they're a good driver outside mm-hmm. of like comp, that happens a lot to you. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like when, uh, there was a certain driver that I drove against, you know, during, uh, round three that I just, I absolutely wanted to beat so bad, like so bad. I was like, this dude is going down, but I had to sit there and go, <laughs> help Josh. You're going to have to calm down. You're just going to have to relax. This is just another lap. Like, let it go. Like, get all that anger and all that pent up. Like, just calm. This is what you need to do. Like, go do it. And it, it's, it's, dude, drifting is such a mental game. Like, Absolutely. even what I do, what I do lately is um, I've been going on YouTube and I just type in, like, winning mindset from different athletes. Dude, it doesn't matter whether you're drifting, playing basketball, baseball, a NASCAR driver, you're Lewis Hamilton, whatever. Mm-hmm. People don't realize the amount of um, importance when it comes down to getting your mindset right, like in the car. Like it's, it's wild, dude. It really, really is. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, especially with um, like having like that motivation, like you have it in the back of your mind. <clears throat> I mean, some people... I'm not the type of person to do it. I'll be honest. Um, like I'm not going to listen to a motivational speaker or something on the way to the racetrack. Um, but I can see how having that on your mind and kind of have that repetitiveness of like the positivity to mm-hmm. going, going in with that, like with that positivity on in the back of your mind, like I'm here for a good time. And you know, anybody who's having a good time is usually doing well. I think that's something I've said before plenty of times. You know, when you're having fun, you're usually doing well. I think anybody who's ever won, no one's ever been like, this fucking sucked. Winning is shit. <laughs> like, no one's ever been upset about it. You know what I mean? Um, well, actually, there there actually was one time that I had to use this as a huge learning experience where uh, I did get second place at the shootout against John Schaefer. And I... We both made mistakes. I think I still to this day believe that I should have took first, but it is yeah. what it is. We laugh about it later. I don't even, it's not a big deal. But at that time, when I got second place, like I was, I was so heated. I was so pissed off. I was so like, oh, that should have been mine, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it took all the fun out of it. It took, it literally, I almost like robbed myself of the joy of even just being on the podium. And now it's like, I can't be like that because at the time I was taking it too seriously. It's, it's, it's not fun anymore. Um, you know, and don't get me wrong. When I say like, I'm listening to YouTube videos about winning mindsets, it's not like I'm listening to that YouTube video on the way to the track. It's just everything that you do during the week. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I always try to, uh, listen to something that can help better me either just in life or also in drifting. And sometimes it's like, dude, sometimes I listen to a bunch of stuff and I get absolutely nothing and it's normal. Right. But then there's sometimes where I'm just like, wow, like I didn't even actually, I didn't think of that. I didn't even think about actually just sitting there and maybe just right before a run, you know, just kind of put your head down and just kind of close your eyes, just take a deep breath and just kind of find yourself a little happy place. And it's amazing how much those little things um, do to really like calm the nerves and just to like, you know, relax because i mean in my entire drifting career i never qualified good ever i was always qualifying 
uh, mid pack or the bottom of the pack. And then when I kind of use those minds, these mind techniques that I kind of learned, next thing I know, I'm sitting in first place before, uh, you know, 30 drivers, you know, and there's another 10. And then in this uh, last event, qualified second place, Ben Hobson got me by one point. But that I look dog. back at it, I had dirty dog. But I look back at it now and I'm just like, wow, it, like it's a mental game, man. The more calm you are, the better you drive. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, uh, man, the anxiety, that really fucks with you. Oh, it's real, dude. Yeah. It's, it's real. Uh, uh, I've seen, even, I've done it too. When like, if there's just an event with like people are, there's a lot of people there and I'm in this fucking stupid Cadillac. Everyone's expecting you to do well. Or want to see what it does, and then you go off into the dirt. You can't, you can't, like, you have to 86 all that. Yeah. Like, like you literally, it's like, oh, it worked at the end. Worked at the end. Yeah. That's when I gave up on it. You got to find that tunnel. Yeah. You got to find that tunnel vision, dude, where there's nobody in the stands. No one's watching you. It's just you. (laughs) Yeah. It it did work at the end. Um, Love the thing. But it was just like I had to like be real with myself. I'm like, you're not an engineer. You need to get out of this fucking car and go buy something that you can bolt onto it. <laughs> That's all it was. That's yeah. and then I saw you drive round two. Yeah, round two. And that was when I made the decision. I was like, That's it. I can't I can't be yeah. in this fucking car anymore. It's not gonna happen. Bolt on uh, stuff. I felt dude. like have you ever seen Mean Girls? Mm, I oh, come on. It's, you're a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm, I feel like Gretchen, and I'm never going to make Fetch happen with that fucking car. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've seen the Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> oh, I can't think of anything. I've seen that a million times, too, but one's more uh, millenni- millennial iconic. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so now we're going to build this shit show and keep our fingers crossed. Actually, uh, yeah, did dude. you see it? The E90? Yeah, I've seen pictures yeah. of it. I think I saw RJ posted a picture of something, or somebody yeah. posted a picture of it. Even when they uh, were picking up stuff like Derek, he was picking up his panels for his E92, and he shot a picture of like your car. He's like, oh, look, Joe's car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's almost done. Um, I think they just finished like the final design. So they're going to be working on uh, doing the molds within the next couple of weeks. Because he's mm-hmm. like, hey, because I told him I wanted to go up there to go remove all the interior, because I haven't really been able to work on it since I got it. Um, I was like, hey, can I go up and go like pull all the interior out? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, and then he called me yesterday. He's like, hey, when are you coming to go pull this interior out? I was like, I can't be there for another two weeks. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, we need, a, we need to mold it now. And I was like, I was wondering if you could take that door handle off while you were here. <laughs> I was like, if you take it off, just throw it in the back seat and keep the hardware, please. Right. No cross that bridge when we get there. But, um, yeah, it's almost done. I know they're going to do the molding. Um, I mean, I'm hoping to have it by within, what is it, about to be September. I'm hoping to have it by November. We'll see what happens. Nice. We'll see. Maybe because it's, I'm not doing what you did. You you went all out. I'm just putting the fucking car together. I got a cage kits for it. I'm going to glue it in and or JB weld it in and hope for the best. I mean, I wouldn't JB weld it, but like cage kit, like, dude, it works. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I still have to do like the rear, the back half though, because 
that takes time. We'll see how that gets yeah. set up. Actually, uh, did you do a firewall in the back? Or you built like that enclosure, huh? I built, yeah, I built like an aluminum enclosure that houses like, or that seals off the fuel cell and the battery and the dry pump. I'm thinking, so about doing like the, I'm thinking about doing it just behind the driver, like right after the cage. I'm just silly. I'm thinking about I'm on the fence about it. Because there's <laughs> also, then it's like, mm, you're kind of, I feel like it would get super hot. Maybe. Yeah. Because now you're, the, the space is like smaller. Yeah. It might make you like feel like metal. you're driving. Yeah. It's like, it, I never liked the feeling of driving like a single cab pickup truck. That's what it would feel like, yeah. Because like, you can kind of like, like in an extra cab, you can kind of lean back. Yeah. In a single cab, I feel like you're just hugging the wheel. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. With uh, with this comp, are you? Do you ever plan on doing prospect, or would you? Would you go to prospect? I'm so, dude. I'm so like fifty fifty. Well, like. For one, I don't agree with the prospect rules. That's something it's gonna. I'm gonna have to swallow, which sucks. If That's, I do prospect in a month, I build another car because like I can't use my E92. That thing's so cut up. You know, I built it for hot fit and I built it for like clutch kickers and then you know all these kind of like you know 50k you know shootout you know money grab deals. Um, so I can't use my chassis. I'd have to get another E92 and literally build it around the FDU rule book. Um, what what, is, some what days, would be illegal on your chassis? Other Let's let's throw the pedals in the steering column out the window. What would be mm-hmm. illegal on the chassis, on yours? Uh, the side exit exhaust. That's that's a simple exhaust yeah. fix. Uh, yeah, well, but I did channel the floor. I cut the whole floor, and I channeled, the, like, literally. Like, I cut the whole floor of that car out just for that exhaust. Just tell Kevin um, I was in the I wreck. also... And then I also did cut um, a pretty decent size um, piece of the frame, like mm-hmm. out of the firewall, so that I could scoot the motor back. So that's like another thing. Ah. Um, yeah. Okay. And then I was gonna do—I haven't done it yet—but I was gonna make some suspension mods to the back, of the subframe that was gonna be completely illegal. Um, like I said, I haven't done it yet, but that car was—it's practically there's no way. Like I literally have to start with a whole new car. Yeah, that's. And then doing a, a part swap to a new car after all of the fab work, that's, it's unrealistic sometimes. Or no. it's, it's like, well, there's a big beetle in my shop. Is it the green one? No, it's a, yeah, it's one of the green ones, dude. It, yeah, I had my girlfriend fucking kick one out earlier today. Got him. <laughs> there you go. Better you than me. Dude, there was one in my uh, my little entryway. While in I was my house. talking about that, I was watching him. I was watching him fly around, and I'm like, dude. I thought I heard something earlier, and I was like, what is that? Yeah, it was him, and I'm just sitting there, and finally he made his way over here, and I'm like, this dude's gonna land on my head. I better get him now, like, because they always it's land the lights, on me dude. everywhere. It's the lights. <sighs> mm-hmm. Hopefully he's like dead, dead. Yeah, he's dead, dead. <laughs> yeah, sorry, dude. Sorry, but you know. I don't like bugs. That like makes bugs. two of us. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah, yeah, yeah. two of us. There, now I, I feel so much better. I'm relaxed. 
<laughs> but so we interviewed Josh, and he was just killing bugs in his shop. This yeah. entire time. <laughs> oh, so okay. So your firewall is going to be an issue for FTC. firewall. So you would have to build a floorboard. Whole car. Yeah, and then on top of that, because I cut a lot of the floorboard out in between, like the rear seat, like from the rear seat position to literally the rear section of the subframe, that's all, I replaced it all with like aluminum to take weight out of the car. There's so a lot of that weird... floor. Uh-huh. There, yeah, there's like not a whole lot of stock floorboard in the back of that car, to be honest. So There's some weird rules in FD. Like I noticed, so like on an, S, on an S14, right? Like I noticed a lot of guys above the diff, they'll cut that floor out mm-hmm. and put a fuel cell in there. Right. That's in yeah. between the that's in between the quote unquote the furthest point of the rear mm-hmm. suspension and the uh, front suspension. Or well, like seen, a... have you seen Michael S's E46? He cut the back out yeah. on the floor and put a fuel cell in there. Yeah. And then just you're boxed right. around it. So I think yeah. you might get away with that, but the firewall you're fucked. I'd have to yeah, I'd have to if I was to go into it and actually like legit build a E ninety two, I would raise a couple of questions to Kevin and try to replicate my car as much as I possibly could as far as like where I put the fuel cell and the dry sum tank and stuff like that, try to mimic it. Mm-hmm. Um but you are right. Like I have seen cars where they do cut the floors out for things like that. Even my S fourteen, my S fourteen was all F D legal. Um, and so I cut the floor out, like, and I put that, uh, what was it like a 10 gallon radium fuel cell, like right above the diff and that whole section had to be cut out and it was massive, dude. Like it was a bunch out of the floor, but that was okay. So it's a pretty large, so it's like, if that's okay, then how come what I did in the back of the E92 is potentially not okay? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like I'd have to like legit shoot pictures of what I've done to it to Kevin and go, Hey Kevin, is this okay? Can I do this in like a prospect car? Like if he asks you, was this car in a wreck and this is what you did to repair it? Just say yes. Yeah, it is true. (laughs) (laughs) Just say yes. Yeah. But the thing that I'm going to have a very, very hard time with is the Mm -hmm. whole factory pedal slash factory steering column thing. Because in my car now, I sit so far back into that car, dude. Like I sit really, really far back where it's almost like a pro stock drag car, but that's how I like to drive. That's even how I did the S14, I scooted the seat all the way back. Like I just like the And you brought the really pedals to back. you, right? Yeah, I brought yeah. I brought the wheel and the pedals up to me because I'm using a tilt and pedal box. And then the, uh, the steering column that I use, it's actually made by a, like a company they were called a blitzkrieg motorsport they make like free runners trophy trucks and stuff. they make this bitch in like dom tube that's machined for uh two bearings that goes on each side and then they have a machine shaft that it's splined on this end and then you can add whatever end uh you know whatever uh it's like a three-quarter inch shaft where you can add like a sweet manufacturing quick disconnect or an nrg or whatever it may be i put that in the car and you can mm-hmm. put that literally wherever because you just weld you know, you just weld to the housing, obviously, like, take the bearings out, you know, yeah. them up. but you can just weld to the housing, and then, boom, you have a column, and it's super cheap. It's, like, 140 bucks, so it's, like, for FDE to say, oh, well, we're trying to minimize cost, okay, so not everybody can afford a $400 pedal box, but yet they're putting a $50,000 motor in their car, or it's, like, oh, well, they don't want to put a $900 
steer, sweet manufacturing steering column in the car, but you can go out and get a $140 Blitzkrieg machined column. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me as far as like the, the savings, the money savings, but um, that would be something that would be difficult for me to get used to driving wise, because now I'd feel like I'm hugging the steering wheel, like nasty. You know, I'd be like, dude, how come I, I'm like, the windshield's right here when typically the windshield's like further away, you know? It'd be a weird thing. I, I think I agree with you on that, the savings part. I don't like that they use that word um, for various reasons because, for instance, like, they, you have to run a link, right? Now, I don't know if you get a discount if you get your prospect license, you're allowed to run the link at I a discount. I think they price. give it to you for free. I don't know if that's true. If it's true, awesome. That's fucking great. But let's assume it's not, right? right. Now you have to spend mm-hmm. 1700 bucks on an ECU. That's yeah. all low end. That's not including right. the wiring harness. The wiring harness is going to be another 1500 bucks. I think wired to... We'll talk about for our situation, LS, Link ECU. They make one for like 1500 bucks. Looking at three grand right there. And then if you want to run a dash setup, you have to buy their dash setup. Uh, mm-hmm. That's like what another thousand bucks. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It literally like oh, we're trying to save money, but yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, and then for example, for guys like me that are so heavily invested into like Haltech, like I've had zero issues with you know my Haltech setup. I know what you know how it should be wired and what it likes and what it doesn't like and stuff. And then Andrew over at Animal Auto like always gets me set up with a full tune and always knows how to diagnose things and everything. It's like, dude, I have a well-oiled machine. So now you're saying I have to take my well-oiled machine apart to go put in some other device that I have zero experience with and I have to relearn. Like, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't agree with that whatsoever. Like, yeah, Link is if you're listening to this. Um, I'm not saying you guys have a shit product. I'm just saying I don't have money for it. Those are two different things. Um, yeah, because yeah. I have the fucking Holly Terminator. That was like a 1200 bucks when I bought it. Yeah, but it's like, it's still, if you're trying to keep With it the budget, harness. yeah. But it's like, again, if you're trying to keep it on a budget, mm-hmm. then let people use whatever they want to use. Next time you say something that we're making this rule to make it cheaper, just say you're doing it because you said so. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> lie to me. Right. Yeah, because yeah. I think Save the sweet manufacturing, okay. the sweet manufacturing um, steering columns are like four or five hundred bucks. I mean, that's yeah. not installed, right? Right. You know what I mean. But a lot yeah. of people, myself, yourself, uh, I'll fit that motherfucker in there by myself. Not a problem. Yeah, but it's like the other thing is it's it's like when you look at the majority of the cars in Prospect, they're all uh, at least fifty thousand dollar bills. At least minimum, like minimum. yeah, and then there's cars in Prospect that are one hundred and twenty thousand dollar cars. Yeah, so it's like, what is another four hundred dollars? Another eight hundred dollars? What's another grand? Like, and, and this fifty thousand dollar mark, just so people who are listening, uh, that includes time on some of them. Yeah, some of them it don't. Like I'm yeah. probably like. 20 grand into this car right now out of my pocket for a car i haven't touched it you know but by the time i like put the hours in easy forty thousand dollar car yeah but that it's like the like with prospect again it's just i don't 
how do I say it? Like with prospect, it narrows or makes it a lot cheaper by not having a full season, right? Like a full eight round season. If you only have like four rounds, like I get it, that cuts the budget. But then you also get guys that like take Jonathan Hurst, for example, that dude is like balling on a budget, massive budget, and he's still killing it. So why is there, again, why is there such an emphasis on car costs? Like, you can get a dude that has a $50,000 car that goes and smokes a freaking $120,000 car. Yeah. I've watched, I've seen it happen. I've watched Jonathan Hurst waste Sorensen. Sorensen has an unlimited amount of budget. Jonathan Hurst doesn't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of other prospect drivers, and even back in the days of like, Pro 2, there was a bunch of Pro 2 drivers that were running with no money, and they smoked a lot of these unlimited money budget, budget yeah. teams. Or higher like, budget um, teams, yeah. Yeah, like, for example, uh, what was it? Who, who was uh, even Jonathan Hurst in Long Beach? That dude is still, he's in Pro 1. He's one of the lowest budget teams in Pro 1, and he's out there smoking Odie, and who else did did he put on the trailer? I forget, but like he was killing it in Long Beach. Yeah, I think he finished Final Four, didn't he? Or top eight? Uh, I think it might have been Final it was Four. Either it might have been four, dude. I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was uh, four. Yeah, because I remember in top sixteen, I think he had no top thirty two. He had Odie. I'm pretty sure he took Odie out in top thirty. And now look at Odie. He's in like the fucking top five of the standings right now. Jesus right. Christ, these fucking guys. So, uh, again, what, what, why, why do we need to have a budget cap, dude? We're not F1. Like, we're not road racing. We're not racing with, um, like, let's go back and remember that drifting is a judge sport. <laughs> and it was, uh, he was in the final four. I just checked. He was in the final four? Yeah, four Long Beach. Nice. Yeah, um, I mean, I just I sound like a bitter old man right now, but I am kind of a bitter old man now. So I'm kind of I'm pretty. I'm, bitter I'm a bitter old, old fucking really... hater. <laughs> Put it back I'm the way I used to be. <laughs> yeah, back in my much. day. Yeah, that's where back I'm getting. Yeah, back back in my <laughs> back oh, in my day. Back in my day, you could have a hooker in the passenger seat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's just. Yeah, I get it. Uh, but uh, the the sport needs to evolve, and they're I think I think they're doing the right thing, even if I disagree with it. They're, I mean, their views are up. Can you tomato can you, tomato? Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. not the same. Uh, did yeah. you did you used to watch like drifting videos when you were a kid, like the Japanese ones? Mm-mm. All those like I've heard of like the same. videos and all those. I've never watched like like one, dude. I think I've seen him like a handful of times. I think I like the first time I saw like a drift. This is like, I think we had it. We got into a little bit. The Discovery Channel used to have a whole bunch of car shit on it. Remember, before mm-hmm. Velocity Channel came out. Yeah, and I remember I saw something about drifting. I thought it was the fucking coolest thing. And then, um, not long after that, my memory's burst when I was like fifteen, sixteen years old. I remember I saw. It's like something with like Von Gittin Jr. on there, like the whole Falcon team at the time for that year. What was it, like two thousand four or five, mm-hmm. and then Tokyo Drift came out, 
And then I was fucking ripping my handbrake in my Honda Accord. And I hit a fucking <laughs> fire hydrant, dude. I hit a fire hydrant. And that like the back, it was a coupe. So the back, like right behind the wheel, like let's just say this is the wheel. That whole thing just <clears throat> crushed in. <laughs> and I lied to my dad and told him I spun out on a when it got wet, mm-hmm. but it was like down the street from my house and I was like ripping the e-brake like an asshole. <laughs> Dad, I don't know, dude, that fire hydrant, you know, it just yeah. moved. It hit me. <laughs> yeah, it was wet. What am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Came out of nowhere. Jumped out from behind the bush. Yeah. Uh, I hear some people talk about like the, that drifting and I'm like, I'm not a fan of that. It does, it's cool. Oh, like you, when I see, yeah, we just seem drift like street drifting corner. or like, no, just like the the origins kind of of it, like back when they were like mm-hmm. making DVDs. I'm like, it's cool. I see where it came from, but I'm like a thousand percent a product of American drifting, which I would agree mm-hmm. like you are too, kind of. Because right, was that what your first event I, was an FD event? Yeah, yeah. Like the first the first drifting event I went to was FD Long Beach, which uh, and that was like 2008. Yeah, it was 2008. I knew of drifting. I'd seen it before on like, like the when Nopi was around, like the Nopi mm-hmm. Nationals and it was drag racing and drifting and stuff like that. So I knew of drifting, but I wasn't, I didn't experience it firsthand. And then when I, in 2008, when I saw it in Long Beach and I experienced it firsthand, that's when it was game over for me. And I was just like, okay, I want to do this drifting thing. But I've never been like a drifting purist where you know, oh, you know, drifting started in Japan, and I'm just like, that's cool. Well, I like drifting, so what does it matter? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, or I think it's funny to me too. Like, when people are like, oh, like, did you ever watch like Initial D? And I'm like, yeah, I saw one episode of Initial D, and I thought that was like, whatevs, and I don't really care to ever watch it ever again. Like, all I, I saw know the first is, episode, and I turned that shit off. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I I'm get like, that either. dude. I like drifting. I like building drift cars. I like driving drift cars. That's mm-hmm. it. Game over. Like, yeah. do I need to watch Initial D and do I need to watch option videos to really be in the scene? Yeah. That's wild to <laughs> I don't me. Really, like some people, I don't really care, dude. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I'm not into Japanese cars at all. I don't even like, like, truth be told, I don't like drift cars. They're not my style of car. I'm a car guy, like, to my core. Um, mm-hmm. But I am not. I could give a shit about drift cars in general. I love that they look cool. I love what they do. Um, but I like old hot rods. Like I'm into sixties yeah. and seventies cars. Like I like my hot rods too. Yeah. Like I know you do. You have one. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just not other, willing to spend other, money right now. It's just the other thing I think is hilarious is that the people here in the United States are all like hardcore like purists. Like, oh my S thirteen is gonna have a you know, a SR swap or whatever, yeah, RB yeah. swap, or my my Toyota needs to have a JZ because it's Japanese and Japanese, Japanese, Japanese. And then you have the dudes in Japan that are like, oh, LS, make lots of talk. We want to LS everything. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> the whole, it does this. And I don't know, those people, when I go to drift events and they're like hardcore purists, like I'm so anti like, purest anything like i'm more of just frankenstein let's put a this motor in this car and let's just go cool. have yeah, fun you know, I, I'm yeah because I, re- I remember showing up to drift events with my camaro and people 
didn't want it. They, I wasn't well, when, when I first started showing up to drift events and drifting, I wasn't welcomed, in the which Camaro. is the weirdest. Yeah. In the Camaro. And I get it. It's an out of the ordinary car, but I still liked drifting. And mm. that's when it kind of like put a bad taste in my mouth with a lot of drift people. And I didn't want to talk to a lot of drift people at the time. Cause I'm like, yeah. well, if that's how this scene is, then like, F you guys, I'm still going to be a part of this community. And now I just want to outdrift all of you and prove to you that a 68 Camaro can drift just as good as like an S chap. So it's yeah. like, I started in the drift scene with like fight and malice. And then I had to like calm down <laughs> and I yeah. calmed down a bunch. Yeah. Actually the 68 Camaro was one of my dream cars when I was a kid. And then, uh, mm-hmm. I turned 15 or 16 and, uh, my dad made me build, made me help him in the garage, build his 64 cutlass, which I really want to buy back. Um, but then I found out what a 65 Buick Skylark was, and I fell mm. in love with that fucking thing. Uh, yeah. And then now, what, I, what I've really been itching for is either a 66 uh, Chevelle or a G-Body Malibu Coupe. Money. Sounds expensive. That, that's, that's exactly <laughs> what it, It's like, pick your fucking struggle, man. Are you going to drift or are you going to build this car? And I also want a boat, yeah. so we'll see where the fuck that goes. I'm right there with you, dude. I want like a 61 Cadillac. I want a boat. I want a pre-runner. Like <laughs> I'm sitting here. I said like, the same thing about my Silverado. I was like, I'm going to turn this into a pre-runner one day and then I'll go do like the mint 400 yeah. in it. Yeah. With what <laughs> money? I want like my mini, I want a mini truck. I want an S like a square body S10 bagged and bodied like on 22. Dude, like, yes. Where am I going to get all this time to build all this stuff? And then where am I going to get this money? Because realistically in these vehicles that I just explained, I'm like, I need like $750,000. That makes two of us. <laughs> you know, what's funny is like, so now I can always like, I can kind of tell the, the car guys apart from like the drift guys for the most part. Like you and I like want those same thing. Like we have those things. And then like, there's other guys who are like, I just want a sick drift build and this is my dream drift build. I'm like, no, no, no. What cars do you like? Drift cars. I'm like, oh, gotcha. Right. And those are two different things. Right. Great. Yeah. But, but, uh, I think, uh, if I could afford it, I'd have a garage full of cars that I can't afford. Oh yeah. I would too. I would have the most eclectic collection of cars. Like, you know, you see all these rich guys, they have like, Ferrari, 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 Aston Martin, Ferrari, Lambo. And I'm just like, no. If I was a millionaire, I'd like I'd have like a couple of rat rods, a pre-runner, yes. Cadillac, drift cars, an R34. Like, I know, a I would Cadillac have the, on like, the floor. Like, Yeah, I'd have maybe a couple of different BMWs, don't get me wrong, and like a Porsche. But yeah, those yeah. would be like the only like supercars. Everything else would be like hot rods, muscle cars. I'd have like five 68 Camaros. <laughs> actually, the only quote unquote supercar I actually do love is probably the F40. I'm not a supercar oh, okay. guy. Yeah. But if I'm I not were either. ever to get one, it'd be the F and the new vet. I do I love the new vet. And really? I don't like vets, but I think the new vet is sick. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I got the uh my girlfriend uh set me up to drive one at uh Vegas speed or whatever it is for my birthday. Mm-hmm. What was it? 2021. That thing was a shit. And it was just a base model. But yeah, I was Although, like, you know, it'd be, you know, it'd be interesting speaking in the new vet. 
no one's made a actual like fully built, fully built drift car out of the new vet yet. Like, even though I don't like the car, but I'm still curious. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's got a series on YouTube on it already. He just started though. Sick. Well, like, I'm really curious to see: is he going to keep the is he going to put the motor in the front, or is he going to leave the motor where it's at? Is he going to put the motor in the front? No, where it's it's at. So it's going to be. So it's going to be a mid motor. And he threw an LS in it. Right. Yeah, and he threw an LS in it. I don't know where he's at with the build. I haven't really kept up with it, but I did. I watched like the first episode. I mean, maybe I'll catch up on it this week while I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be working. I'm just curious as to like how that's going to work. Because the mm-hmm. only the only rear engine or mid engine drift car I remember was I think it was Tyler Mc was it Tyler McCory? That Porsche. There was a Porsche. It was Tyler. It was McCoy. a Porsche way back in the day. There was a Porsche, and I it was the I don't know if it was Porsche. Tyler. Yep. Exactly. It was it white was with the orange and black. Like, yeah. I don't think that car was that competitive. But then again, back in those days, dude, None of the cars nobody was. Dude, the hot cars a hot pit would run circles around those cars. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's what a lot of people have been talking about lately is like the cars from like the Pro-Am cars of today would be like are comparable to like a, you know, 2015 car, 2016 car. Because a lot of the. Yeah, I, the Pro-Am cars, you guys are running, like, swapped it. Well, you're not running a quick change, but a lot of people mm-hmm. are. Yeah. In- I mean, everybody, everybody's like, dude, you get people with quick changes, dog mm-hmm. boxes, and five to 700 horsepower. Like, mm-hmm. Dustin Farrell's 750 horsepower. I don't think he has a dog box, but I think he is quick change. Yeah, Brandon Wicknick, he's running, you know, six, 700 horsepower with, I think, a dog box and a quick change. Um, realistically, like even looking at my own program now, I definitely need at least 75 to 100 horsepower for next year, which is just going to be nitrous. Yeah, I was going to do nitrous this year, but I wanted to learn how to drive the car first. Gotta but put it on the juice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. next year it's for sure going to be on spray, 100%. I got, I, I deep dived into spray recently because like that GTO I'm working on. I will never fucking do another power adder if I can help it. Just because of convenience. Of it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. There's a pain in the ass of like having to refill or change bottles, whatever, um, or heating the bottle. But I found a re, uh, thing about that. Something you might want to look into too. It's called. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to say it's called nano nitrous. Oh, you sent me something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember oh, I did. That. Okay, I, although, I don't remember if yeah. I told you about it. I remember that. Yeah. yeah but that, like, I mean, I already have like a bottle. I still need to get like five more bottles. I already have a bottle heater that I got to wire into the car and stuff like that. I already have like basically everything other than wiring. Like the only thing that I need to do to add nitrous to the car is literally wiring, plumbing it from the tank to or the bottle to the nitrous plate because the nitrous plate already in the motor. The solenoid and the purge valve is already in the car. Literally, it's just wiring and uh, yeah, it's plumbing. And then, a, and, then a, and then a tune, and then that's it. Like, literally. I could have done it for round five, but me and my team uh, sat down with, you know, kind of just collectively. We're just like, you know what? Let's just double down on the car, and you're driving for round five, and then we'll 
you know, go into round or next season, like fresh with more power and everything. Cause like, it doesn't make sense to like have to relearn and just add one more variable while we're so high in points right now. Cause right now I'm third in points. Yeah. And I'd hate to, and that's after missing you know, use, huh, yeah, even after missing a round, which not going to round one, um, I just don't want to risk adding an, an unknown, you know, Absolutely. In just to, no, it makes sense. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. I'll just I'll just double down with what I got for the rest of the season, and I'm really no confident in the running car. away for you, really are confident. they? Huh? No one's like running away from you, are they? Have you felt like someone's kind of ran away I, from you at all? Or I I will say Dustin Farrell's really fast. That he dude's is fast. super he's fucking su- fast. Yeah. He is super super fast. Um, he stands out to me. But then again. Like, dude's got 700 horsepower, and his car probably weighs 2,600 pounds. You know, I got 608 horsepower, and I only weigh, or I weigh 3,000 pounds. Yeah. So, I'm down 100 horsepower on him, and I got, you know, 400 pounds more weight in my car. So That makes sense. Uh, yeah, so that's the, I would say, of all the drivers so far, he's the only one that I'm kind of like, if you're going to... You know, if you if you're going to like really, if you want to dominate, like you need more power in the car, or you need to pull more weight. And I don't have enough money to start doing HGK body panels anytime soon. So nitrous it is. It makes <laughs> two of us, man. Yeah, I know. I was looking at your I window, love... your back, your rear window. I was like, oh, I kind of want one. I kind of don't want one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got all the patterns, bro. I have all the patterns to replicate that I kinda window. I kind of want it. I kind of don't. I mean, it looks fucking <laughs> sick. Can you see out your rear window? Yeah, I can see out. I thought about throwing a fucking like backup camera in the car because I'm like, because you know <laughs> they, they they make like the mirror. Oh yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like those are oh, like twelve dollars yeah. now yeah. on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they're not twelve bucks, but fifty bucks is it's not going to kill me. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, but I, I can I can see out of it. Oh, well, can you see out of it well? Because I'm always worried about fucking hitting somebody. Well, the hard, it's not really, you can see out of the windows. The only mm-hmm. hard part is seeing around the halo seat because I have the halo seat. It's not like, you know, this seat, right? You have that dang halo where you have to like <laughs> go around the halo. Oh, I fucking hate that thing. I hate it. I hate it. I don't know. The halo that... saved me in my last crash. I hate that they have the halo and the fucking um, Hans. Because you're like that. I hate the Hans. Like, I hate it so much. You're like this? Like, if you can see my eyes, you're like this, and then <laughs> that's all you get. Right. You just it's get like you're your drifting. Eyes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> it's the worst. And then yeah. and then when you do move your eyes, you have that, you're like, you're stuck, so you can't, like, move. Like, I'm short. So the halo's right fucking here. We're both short. Yeah. At yeah. my eyes. This is the halo. So when I go to left, I can't even see. Yeah. So you have to like, you have to add more angle and then just hope you can fucking see eventually. Yeah, pretty much. I hate yeah. it here. Um, like I don't, I don't mind wearing a halo, or I don't mind wearing like a Hans device for mm. like if we were gonna do Irwindale. Yeah. If we were gonna do some gnarly big course. Or going you know, faster. Like, big, like basically the FD layout of Irwindale, one hundred percent. I'm, yeah. I'm down to wear a halo. As far as like orange show, mm, I'll risk it. Maybe a neck brace. I mean, 
Yeah, no, I don't even run a neck brace. I just run the halo and, like, a helmet. I mean, I don't know. But I have a very weird philosophy of, like, you know, if I'm going to die, I, I want to die in my sleep or I want to die in a race car. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, and if I don't wear a Hans device, I better my chances of dying in a race car. <laughs> my, my luck, I'm going to die underneath the car because my fucking jack stands will. And it's going to be a slow <laughs> and painful death. Not- not a way to go, bro. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. See, I want to buy a <laughs> lift, but I don't know if I want to spend the money. Yeah. Did you build your car in the lift or you build it on the floor? For the most part, half and half. Like I built, I did all the fab work. Yeah, I did all the rough fab work and like the cage and like mounting the motor, making the engine plate, making the transmission mount. Uh, yeah, it was on jack stands. And then uh, when a lot of those major things, a lot of the major fabrication stuff was done, um, I remember stripping the car, getting everything off it. I rolled it out, you know, on my cart to go paint it. I painted it and then uh, rolled it back in the shop. And then I put it on the lift to do like the final assembly. Oh, well, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But all the rough fab work was literally on jack stands. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I actually, I prefer to do like rough, like the rough building of a race car or drift car, or whatever, like on the floor, not on. Uh, yeah. Are you going to do LS Fest next year? Yes. Fuck you. I almost went to LS Fest East this year. Um, basically, a company is willing to, I was willing to like pay for my whole ride, like out there, like logistics, pay for fuel, pay for entry. They also wanted my car like in their booth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I uh, had that unfortunate situation with my Duramax of sucking Aww. the damn shop rag into the turbo, totally put it back together and fired it up. And oh, I can't believe I made that mistake. So that kind of took me out of that. Um, but in a way, it was super last minute, and I wasn't going to be able to compete at the drift comp anyways because they already had like something like 52 drivers. Like they have already 52 drivers registered for the drift comp. So it was already too late, so it's not a big deal, but I'll definitely do, like, LS Fest next year, um, and then I'll do Hot Pit next year. I want to do that new, or that series that's up in, that ha- was happening this weekend. What's it called? The Link ECU Riverside Drift oh, series that's happening yes, in, like, Indiana. I, I watched the live stream today, oh. a little bit of it. I think it'd be fun to go do that. Um, I am going to do DriftCon coming up in September 30th next month. Where's I'll be out, DriftCon, uh, Evergreen, Speedway. They have a shootout in October, yeah, Washington. too. Yeah, so it's, it's, it'll be wild. Like that, I'll be back-to-back drift events. So there, it's going to be round five, and then the following weekend is DriftCon. So I'm going to be coming into DriftCon fresh of driving another event. <laughs> good, good. Hey, they're also having a shootout in October. Uh, Evergreen. Really? <clears throat> nice. I think your car technically nice. passes tech if you want to go up there. Their tech is. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how. Like, I think with DriftCon, I already told them about the side exit exhaust and all the stuff that I had in my car, and they're just like, "Yeah, no, that's fine." Like, uh, okay, cool. And they're just like, as long as you run like a three hundred treadwear tire and like no bigger than two sixty five. Ah, uh, okay, that makes sense. So they're they're emphasizing tire rolls, which I. I, you know, again, I agree with. I think that's cool. 
How do you like those Valinos? Valinos. Fucking oh, you mean the Vitor? Me. Vitor. Sorry. Uh, no, I, I love the Vitors, like dude. Like, they're sick. Like, hey. I like the Vitors. I mean... You've driven on Achilles and Vitor. I heard that they're super similar. Is that, is that true? Is that true? Uh, no. I would say the Achilles 123 was a way more grippier tire. But also, too, the Achilles 123, those were 200 treadwells. Those yeah. tires. So, You're on the 200, um, right? Yeah, I'm on 300. So the, the Vitor is a 265-35, 300 tread wear. Um, I like them a bunch. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people get a bunch of laps out of them. I don't necessarily get a bunch of laps out of them just because I have so much mechanical grip. Um, the people that say they get a bunch of laps out of them don't have a lot of mechanical grip. So it's kind of like, for example, I'll run that tire. I'll put two laps on it, and then I have to take it off. Because if I don't take it off, if I keep – if I do another battle on those tires, I'm going to get like one more lap in that fourth lap. I'm going to like, the tire is going to be way too hot. It's going to be too All greasy. Uh, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. cool. If you have maybe like 300 horsepower, like you could probably get a lot of laps out of it. Or if you're not doing comps, mm-hmm. I still pull the tires off after every two laps. But then once those tires come off and they're heat cycled, I can go take those scrubs to a test day and I can go get a full two, like another two laps mm-hmm. on those tires. So as long as you let them cool down and you manage the heat in that tire, you could get like, you know, maybe like more laps out of them. Like maybe if you put like tire sprayers or something on the car. Yeah. You also have um, a heavy foot. Yeah. That, that takes another into account too. Yeah. Your um, smoke comes on a lot sooner than like a lot of other drivers for hot mm-hmm. pit. Um, yeah. Like on the bank. Cause they, there's, you always run the fucking bank. So as soon as you're, as soon as you're, your smoke is on probably like, a quarter, like a quarter after the um, quote unquote initiating spot, where a lot mm-hmm. of other guys will be like halfway or a third over, and then their smoke starts to really like come in. So, yeah, well, I think it's because, too, yeah, well, I'd say it's, it's there's a lot of mechanical grip in that car, like a bunch. There's like there's a lot of mechanical weight being leveraged, like mm-hmm. under the tire. Versus I know a lot of people, like, when they stab on the throttle, like, the car just squats massively, and you can kind of just see it, like, you know, well, you don't have a lot of weight on that rear end. It's just, it never, it's not leveraged enough. Um, But then, too, even with other tires, I mean, I've experimented with the Zestitos. Um, I haven't driven on the Zec Novas. I haven't driven on the Valinos. But the Zec Novas and the um, Zestinos are made in the same factory, and I remember on one of my test days when we tested out the Zestinos, the Zestino is more grippy. And on top of that, it doesn't last like as long. I, we only got like two laps out of them. But then also when we put the tire to a durometer, testing the Vitor up against the Zestino on the durometer, like there's no, even though the Zestino says it's a 300 tread wear, it's not. It's like a 200 tread wear. Like it's, it's literally, the rubber is still super soft. Um, and then same thing with the Zec Novas. The Zec Novas, those aren't, even though they may say they're 300 treadwear, they're not. They're like a two, when you durometer them, it's got to be like in the realm of like 200 treadwear. And that's fine. Um, and sure, I could run those tires. But the thing that I love about the Vitors are is that Chris does a really good job of like supplying the tires to the drivers versus other suppliers. It's very, very, uh, and I'm going to say this very lightly, it's very, it's hard to get tired and they're not as dependable. Again, I'm not going to name names, but they're not as dependable. Yeah, they're talking about it. Supplies the Vitors. 
Yeah. So it's kind of like that was another thing that was a big factor of who I'm going to choose to run my, or whose tires I'm going to run. Um, You know, and to budget, you know, obviously the Zestinos are more, the Zecnovas are more, the uh, Alinos are more. But uh, I just knew if I use, you know, a not as grippier tire, then I need to focus more on car setup Mm -hmm. and maybe add more mechanical grip, maybe, you know, play with spring rates a little bit more. I'm going to have to be more, uh, how do I say it, more educated and apply more technology into the chassis to make that tire work. And I've literally tuned, like finally tuned my car and my driving around the Vitor tire. So by doing that, I've built a car around the tire. Everybody builds this car and they don't think about tire. Well, if you build the car around a tire, that's what makes it, I believe, successful. And I don't foresee myself changing, uh, you know, to another tire anytime soon. Like I've even told Chris, like, I want to commit this entire season to Vitor. I don't want to change tires. I don't want to have to change spring rates and shock tuning in my driving. I want to stay consistent. And I think that's another big component of why I've been able to do well this season. And I, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to go into it with the same philosophy next year. I'm just going to stick to Vitor and just, the car rips on. You're already doing so well why, on it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Why change? The only the only thing I could see the improvement or the only change that I could do for next year is just add a little bit more power, which is nitrous. Other than that, I'm just going to still continue what I'm doing now because I know it works. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think I know what Chris you're talking about. Yeah. There is a, yeah, I like him. He's yeah, cool. Chris is a good dude. Yeah, he's uh he's friends with your best friend Rome. <laughs> they like each other. But... Hey, uh, makes you feel better. Rome knew I was gonna spin out when I had a battle in one time at the Drift mm-hmm. League, and he just fucking let me. <laughs> <laughs> I have a video of it. I have to post it sometime. But like, I'm I spun out behind him, obviously, and then I took off because I always take off like a bat out of hell, like an asshole. And then mm-hmm. he didn't. He just fucking chilled. And then he waited for me to spin out in front of him. As soon as I went to go transition after the big bang, I fucking looped it. And I hated myself like, ever since. Some, I remember when I first started. Uh, when I first started this season with mm-hmm. Hot Pit, and then with with Chris, like you know, tires and stuff. Chris is telling me, "Oh yeah, dude, like." So Rome does this, and Rome does, Rome runs this tire with with this spring rate and everything. And I'm just sitting there going, "Bro." I don't care what Rome does. And still till this day, like even when we were building the coilovers for my car, uh, it was like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll give you the Rome spec. And I'm like, dude, I don't even care what that dude does. Like, I just don't. It doesn't make sense to give somebody – Rome doesn't drive the way you drive. No. And then Rome's car is a trailing arm. My car is a multi-link rear. Two yeah. different uh, – those are two different ways of valving and two different ways of spring rate. Ro- yeah, Ro- the Rome's driving style and your driving style are two different things. It's kind of like I always compared Rome to the way like Osbo drives. It's like very calculated, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Like I couldn't fucking do that. Like they're super um, freaking um, the word that I use all the fucking time. I can't find it right now. Consistent. consistent. They're very consistent. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas like people who are more aggressive driving um sometimes the aggressiveness gets the best of you i mean you know that Mm -hmm. 
like something well, stupid that could happen. Yeah. yeah, with the car. Whereas someone who's like more uh, conservative with their driving, which I would say Rome is. Um, you know what I mean? He, since he is conservative, if something does come up, he can probably you know work around it. Whereas somebody who's like driving off the fucking rails in their car, if something does come up, like that could fuck them up. Like they need everything well, to go perfectly in a mm-hmm. line. Um, well, it's like, I think a lot of people focus on trying, they, they focus really hard on making a fast car and that's cool. Like you should mm-hmm. make a fast car. But what a lot of people miss is that you also need to learn how to make that car not fast anymore. And you also need to learn how to drive that car while it's not fast anymore either. Mm-hmm. Because you, it's like people forget they have so many different tools. You know, they can still tune their shocks, they can still play with tire pressure, and they can still play with sway bar. So it's kind of like because you're going to have a field of 40 drivers, like in Hoppit, you have a field of 40 drivers, some that are just fast, and then some that are just not fast. And you need to make sure your tool can do this and your tool can do this. And that's something that I learned like the last pump that I did prior to hot pit at the shootout, I made my S14 super gripped up and super fast and Taka called me out on it. He's like, your car too fast. And I'm like, <laughs> thanks. But he's like, no, you look, when you drive, you correct. Right? That's Taka, mm-hmm. bro. That's so Taka. Like, Taka. I know. You, you, I know. You, you, make, you make adjustment. Your car is too fast in rear. You need to pull grip out. You know, because I'm sitting there like, what? Fully gripped in my wheels, dude. I'm like, er, 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 the whole car. And yeah, so when you're chasing, I learned a lot. Yeah, I learned a lot from that. Where when it's like Dustin Farrell, it's like, all right, let her eat, dude. Let's let's unleash the car. Oh, we're behind, you know, so and so. All right, 50 psi in the rear. <laughs> like, you know, like I need to take some fucking grip out of this thing. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, it's it's and then qualifying. You don't need to be the fastest ripped up car in qualifying. Why you need to run, you know, seven psi while the track temp is is seventy degrees is mind boggling in qualifying. Why? Yeah. So yeah, you can float your car because any. Uh, I think, I think now I've learned a lot more like in the past couple of years. I think um, qualifying. You don't want like all of that set up in there because then you kind of show your hand, so to speak. And I know that yeah. like like drifting, the judges they reward consistency. But in my personal opinion, let's just say you're doing a flick during your fucking um, you're doing a flick all day in practice or something, um, or a handbrake entry, whatever. But then you switch it to a flick, right? When you're going to competition, because mm-hmm. you're driving a little bit harder, you're driving a little bit faster. Uh, I think that is should be acceptable. I don't think you should be docked for that. I think it's kind of silly. It's kind of mm-hmm. like if we're playing chess and I fucking tell you what my next move is that it's going to be before you're about to take your turn. I'm like, Hey, when you, before you go, I want you to know this is what my next move is going to be. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of, I think that's kind of silly, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's something that can be changed in drifting. That's my only gripe about it, but I'm not there yet, so I shouldn't really be talking. No, I, I get, I get what you're saying. Where it's like you don't want to be a predictable driver, correct? But also, it's it's kind of like it's very hard to. I can't speak for everybody, but in my position, like I, I know I can throw down a good lead, but 
but because I can throw down a good lead, now everybody knows it. So now everybody's going to be on my door. Like for example, exiting outer one in, uh, at hot pit, dude, there was a couple of battles where I can feel my bumper exit. Like while we're exiting, I can feel my rear bumper on the wall. And at the same time, I can feel Dustin's tire on my door, or I can feel Margaritas's tire on my door. And that is a very interesting position to be in because yeah. if I don't stay in it, we're so committed to each other that we're, we're riding off both, both our cars, like mm -hmm. hard. And it's like, how do you, it's so, it makes me kind of think like, okay, instead of like being on the wall, maybe when I go up against Dustin or Margaritas, because I know they're going to be on, on me, like t touching me, maybe should I only be a foot off the wall or two feet off the wall, just so we can avoid a wreck. Because if I'm already on the wall and if he even touches me just a little bit too much, now that's going to suck me more into the wall just by him touching me. So that's, that's the conversation I've been having in my head and also with my team of like, how do you battle that? And the, the driving of Hot Pit is, is getting gnarlier and gnarlier, which is, it's, it's exciting. I think it's fun, but it's also getting to that point of like, dude, we're already on the wall and now you're on, you're at the same time on my door, like literally at the same time. So it's like, I don't, I won't change, how do I say it? I won't change my, my entry. I won't really change my driving style. I will just try to run the best line that I possibly can in, in the lead the fastest way possible, yeah. which I think that's kind of like all you can do, like really. And plus I love like another reason uh, I kind of flick is that it's just harder to stay behind. But then again, too, it's not really that hard because if someone, you know, does a hard flick and you don't flick with them, you don't have to, in the chase, you don't have to flick with them. You can just beeline it. Like, cause I've watched Rome do it. Someone does a hard flick in front of him and he's just over here, just at the last minute, just er, and then it's just like, boom, instantly yeah. there. Yep. So I think, but I can see where I've won a lot of my battles just because I still, uh, I, I risk the hard flick regardless. And I think the judges appreciate it. Um, Do you go back and watch? I believe I haven't it? won a lot of battles with my chases. I've won more battles in the lead than anything. Mm. Do you go back and watch the Hot Pit um, live stream? Just to kind of see where uh, you yeah. were at? Mm -hmm. You do? Oh, Yeah, okay. like, yeah, when I when I look at the, the Hot Pit live stream and stuff like that, and I kind of, you know, me and, and Mike, we go back and we watch everybody's runs and we also watch you know our runs and stuff like that we try to really you know go hey like what what were our strengths and what were our weaknesses and also yeah. look at everybody else what are they doing you know and stuff like that and you know mike uh has his own opinion and i also have my opinion too and realistically when i look back he might even agree with me is like we won more battles over my leads than my chases Gotcha. And I need to improve my, my chase game like a bunch. Mm -hmm. um, but I am getting more comfortable with the car and I am getting better at setting up the car for a better chase. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I really believe like the only reason why I've been doing so well is because, uh, you know, is because of my leads, not my chases. Gotcha. Or unless the only, the only chase I could honestly say that I did do a pretty good chase was when I was against Casey. Uh, 
Gomez from four uh, for the Battle of Third. That was where I wanted that podium really, really bad, and I just, I just was like, you know what? We're just gonna, we're just gonna go for it. I'm trying to figure out where the fuck Casey Chavez come from, because never heard he, of him. Th- supposedly, this was with... like his first drift comp, like or that, second. like this last round supposedly was like his second ever drift comp yeah. ever. That's he, wild. he's a good driver. No shit. Um, yeah. Never heard of him. Never seen him at an event. Uh, he came from like BMX. He's like an Adam LV. <laughs> oh really? Okay. No, he's yeah. driving really well. Yeah, I'm he, not. I'm not shitting if, on him. If, he just came if you out. Go of on his in, if you go on, yeah, if you go on his Instagram, he did. He did like a lot of like uh, BMX stuff. I think. Yeah. He's um, a cool. He's a cool dude. For sure. Um, but RJ invited me to go drive that track right before round two. Yeah, before round two. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And the, that's when I still had the silver car, my street car. And uh, mm-hmm. it was cool. He was there, too. And I, But I was like, oh, who is that? He's like, oh, that's a new driver. And I was like, cool. Then I talked. I had a short conversation with him. And then I saw him make it to the fucking final four this last round. I was like, god damn it. <laughs> I never have shit I like. Uh, but, yeah, man, he's a, he's a killer driver, dude. I was like, that's yeah. pretty sick. I like it. Yeah, uh, this car looks good. Everything. Yeah. Um, let's go over your car though. Um, talk about your build a little bit. I know. I know. We kind of like sprinkled it in there a little bit throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go like over your car. What you have done? Um, I mean, obviously, you don't have to say it's LS swapped. We know that. Uh, but you just want to go over like what you got going on in that thing. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> basically it's you know. BMW E92 started life as a 335, wasn't, so it's a non-M chassis. Uh, I don't claim it to be ever an M3. Um, but, uh, you know, stock front subframe, stock rear subframe, uh, start from the front to the back, uh, the engine's an LQ4 iron block, so six-liter, like, truck engine, LS mm-hmm. base, um, dart heads, pedal brock manifold, AccuFab throttle body, 63-pound uh, injectors, daily dry sump, uh, oil system, uh, let's see what else. What else? Uh, truck ignition coils uh, make 608 to the rear wheels. The transmission is a G-Force GSR dog box that I got from uh, not directly from Hendrix Motorsports, but Hendrix Motorsports sold it to like an amateur NASCAR team. And then I bought it from that team. Still has like the Hendrix Motorsports stamp on it, which is pretty cool. Nice. I have had I built the engine myself. Um, also rebuilt the transmission myself and re-geared it for the gear ratios that I needed for drifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drive shaft is an aluminum drive shaft made by PEM Racing or PEM Racing. Uh, four nine-inch diff swap in the back, so a strange diff spool, thirty-one spline, uh, nine thirty inner and nine thirty outer CD um, CDs for the axles, and the axles are made out of three hundred M, which is what you would find uh, axles made for like trophy trucks and stuff like that. Wait, so it's wait, got a really what did you go through for axles? Uh, I had them custom made, so I didn't have drive shaft shop make them a shop over here in Ontario that custom made the axles for me. I already had the 930 CVs. I just needed to give them the length. Um, but the axles themselves are 300M, so they're super, super durable. Uh, and then the fuel cell, uh, it's a seven-gallon fuel cell with baffles in the... Uh, it's got a Holly Hydromat in it, so I don't need a surge tank. Uh, but it's with fuel, it's like max is like six and a half gallons. I built the cell myself. Um, let's see, what else? What else? What else? Uh, uh, body kit is extreme dimensions 
the uh, front suspension and the rear suspension is full wise fab coilovers or field coilovers. It's got one way fronts, two way rears, so it's their 441.5 kit. Uh, the brake system, I did full Willwood. So Willwood calipers up front, four piston calipers in the front, uh, two piston in the rears, but dual two piston in the rear. Mm -hmm. I had to make my own custom brackets to make those uh, calipers work with the wise fab kit. Although HTK like did offer their own kit, but I didn't have the money to buy their kit. So I knew it's I absurdly my own priced. Brackets. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did all the work myself. Uh, as far as, you know, building the car, aside from I didn't paint the car. Uh, Dan over at DG Collision sprayed the car, did a phenomenal phenomenal job on it. Um, and then Derek Klug made this really awesome electrical panel that I use in the S14 that I transferred over into the E92. That's kind of like my mechanical PDM, kind of still old school, but it works super, super great. But I did have to do the chassis, you know, harness, like wiring up the, you know, fuel sender, fuel pump, taillights, headlights. So I did have to do that kind of wiring for it. Um, the roof is a fiberglass roof that came off of Farouk's old E92 that I got from RJ. So I cut the roof off the fiberglass roof. The doors are still steel. The hood's still the stock hood. The trunk is still the stock trunk. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it's got, oh, mechanical water pump or excuse me it's an electrical water pump so i eliminated the uh, mechanical water pump at the engine and it's just pure uh, electric in the back mm -hmm. uh, rear mount radiator that's a 31 by 19 uh, radiator i bought it as just a single pass um it's like a 170 dollar radiator that i converted into a three pass or a triple pass um that helps with cooling um and then i got dual 16 inch fans on that radiator and i actually had to build kind of like because that radiator is only a 31 by 19, the 16 inch fans are way, way bigger. So I had to build like a kind of like a big velocity stack shroud just to fit those fans on the radiator. Uh, and then same thing with my rear Eurofighter style rear window. I made that myself just using just pictures throughout the internet to copy. Um, that's all made out of like, you know, polycarbonate window and uh, aluminum versus like HGKs is all carbon fiber. But yeah, that's my car in a nutshell. Uh, 255, 35, 18 front tires, 265, 35, 18 in the rear. Uh, my front wheels are eight and a half. And then the rears, I think, are nine and a half. I don't, I don't remember the offsets off the top of my head, but they're not, you know, they're not crazy aggressive offsets. I think the fronts are uh, like 22, no, like 30s. And then the rears are like 35. No, mm. the rears are, I think, are 22. Yeah. I got uh, Farouk's old coilovers. That car's and RJ has the car. That car's gonna live <laughs> on through all three of these cars. That's funny. Actually, funny. I had I had I had a company. I'm not allowed to say their name. Well, I'm allowed to say the company's name, but I can't say who it is. But I had a company called AB Suspension uh, mm -hmm. rebuild Farouk's coilovers that I bought from RJ. Uh, and it's basically the same setup you have. So it's the single adjustable fronts and then dual adjustable rears. But I yeah, have... two-way rear. Uh, what are these? Fortunados? Yeah, Fortunados. Mm -hmm. And these things, I don't know. Mike told me not to get them, but they were $400. Yeah. And I couldn't say yeah. no. So here's 
This one, my, my oh. office is filled. My office is fucking filled with. I got my, all my interior in here right now, like for the race car. I have my whole mm-hmm. rear suspension under my desk. I have a brand new set of the wheels I just bought. Oh, and I bought the polycarbonate uh, fucking windows from. I think it's Condor Speed Shop. Don't quote me on that. Whoever made them. Shit, I could just bolt in. Did the old buy once, cry once method. <laughs> Saves nice. a bunch of time and a bunch of effort. I had to uh, make all my windows from scratch. Yeah, that was what I wanted to do. I'm hoping I can get this car together in like three months when I get it back. Um, mm-hmm. Glue the JV, JV weld that cage in and <laughs> we'll see what happens with the firewall. Um, we'll see. Uh, what are your plans for next year? I know you kind of talked about it a little bit with running the Riverside Drift Series Hot Pit and LS Fest. Um, mm-hmm. No, you already told me, so we're not going to ask you that. Um, yeah, it's just that's yeah, Hot Pit LS Fest. Yeah, next year, twenty twenty four. Yeah, twenty twenty four. Hot Pit LS Fest, maybe DriftCon. Uh, and then hopefully clutch kickers if they come back. Uh, and then if I'm going to do prospect, it would be like, I don't know, 2025 or 2026. Yeah. That more realistic because you have to build another car. Yeah. Which for me, and I say this humbly for me, it wouldn't be hard, but it's just like, I don't know, dude. Like I just, I I just hate building a car around that many rules. Like that, it it makes me quiver. <laughs> uh, I get it. I I think like something like in my line of work, I do fire alarms. Um, so we are kind of like we have what is it? We have like not a rule book, but we have a series of codes we have to go by. So I'm used to that mindset already, and I've it's. All I've ever done since I like out of high school, so I'm already used to that. Mm-hmm. Someone tells me, someone tells me like, "Hey, you have to do it this way." I'm like, "All right," and they just do it that way, right? But I can see mm-hmm. like, I can see somebody's problem with it being like, um, like now I can't get as creative. Where mm-hmm. I will use that as a positive, be like, "Oh, now I get to get more creative because I want to see like what lines can I push." Uh, yeah. Well, I think it is. It is fun to find gray areas like in the rule book. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's. I think it's absolutely, I mean, even in the drift league, there was like, they were so heavily FD rules, but yet I found a lot of gray areas in the FD rule book, like when I was building the Mustang. And then even when I was building the S chassis, more so the Mustang, um, that car, I will admit like that thing, the suspension was definitely out of spec and it, that car was, I don't know, illegal the entire time. I wonder but, if you can run a carburetor in prospect. Cause if, as soon as I put a carburetor on the bitch. I don't, yeah, I don't see why not. As soon as you run a carburetor setup and a distributor setup, like Link goes out the fucking door. Oh right, right, right. Oh, yeah. I get like that. if you yeah, shut up with you your small non- block out of your Camaro, yeah. in your E ninety, like too? a non fuel injected, yeah. engine, yeah. Like, do you still have to run a Link ECU? Yeah. I what about yeah, what I want to hook it up to? Area. My fucking oil pressure sender. <laughs> get out of here! I'm not spending that much yeah. money for an oil pressure fucking monitor. No, exactly. Uh, I that would be hilarious. Yeah. I feel like I would do it. Or like me- it mechan- mechanical, mechanical fuel injection, bro. Yeah, from like a fucking like, old 57 Chevy. <laughs> ITB. When it first started, ITBs, yeah. ITBs, 
and the fuel pump is run off the crank. Like I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yep, on the small block on the mechanic, front. Mechanical fuel injection, dude. Old school, like yeah. old school stuff. Because fuck them. That's yeah. why. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Like f your rules, dude. Why would you do that? Suck. Yeah. I'm like the same reason you made those stupid ass rules. That's why. Because fuck yeah. these people. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, these rules. All these rules. Yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, would, do, would, do you guys have a chance to win the championship for Hot Pit on the next run? Oh, do we have, like, in the point standings, do we have a chance? Mm-hmm. I don't know what point, I don't know what the points are right now. I have to look I'm, up. last I checked, I'm, like, seven, like, 70 points behind the leader, which is now Dustin. And then Rome is second, and I think I'm, like, 50 points behind Rome. Um, and then Marguerite, yeah, Margaritas is literally like on my tail. I think he's like 10 points behind me as well as, uh, whoever's behind Margaritas. I think it's John Schaefer or it's Rudy. I don't remember. So I think I'm going to be playing more defense than offense in round five. Now, if Rome, if Rome got out super early, like in top 32, and if I, you know, podiumed again 100% like then we're passing room mm-hmm. uh Dustin I believe is gonna do really well at round five so I don't the chances are slim so and all my focus is, is if I can remain if I could pass Rome that'd be awesome if I can remain in third like that would be literally like ideal like I told myself going into this season I wanted to be top 10 and then when I, after the win at round three, going from 23rd in points all the way to six, it was like, all right, well, we're already top 10. Hey, let's maybe be top five. Let's get into the top five spot. Yeah. And then after this last podium, it shot me up to third. And then it's like, all right, well, let's see if we can hold on to third. So being a round down, my hands are kind of tied. Uh, but if I could remain third, dude, like, or even just top five, like that's being a round down with a brand new car haven't driven in two years like that's a massive accomplishment so i can't really sit here and put too much pressure on myself i mean i do want to try to like you know remain podiuming in the point standings but i've already accomplished a crap ton so far give me one second man sorry my dogs are like if you don't let me out i will shit on your floor (laughs) (laughs) hey it happens dude dude going through my my ring camera footage because dude, one point over the weekend, someone broke into my trailer and I can't tell. No. Yeah. Like, cause my trailer is parked out right side of my shop and I don't know if they broke into it either Friday or Saturday night or even, yeah, it would be Friday or Saturday night. And like, dude, the, I have a bunch of spare parts, dude. I had my whole extra four nine inch disc, my steering, my whole extra steering rack an extra starter ignition coils, a, an aluminum jack, a whole toolbox. Uh, mm-hmm. and they didn't take anything. They left all the cabinet doors open except for my cabinet doors. Like, so I have a counter, an aluminum counter mm-hmm. with a bunch of drawers in the, in the front of the trailer. They just ripped all the doors off. No, like, but they didn't take anything. So I'm like, okay, so let me get this straight. You broke the lock. You opened the door, looked at everything, opened up everything, and then just decided to break all my doors and then dip out and then shut the door. It's like, Tweakers, dude. Gotta like, love them. 
pissed me off, dude. They didn't take anything. And then, oh, and then my laptop, my laptop was right on the top of the, uh, the counter, like just chilling there. Didn't even take the laptop. Hmm. Wild. What, like, <laughs> it's almost like laptops aren't worth shit anymore. I don't know. It's so wild. Yeah, they had like all the expensive shit. But, oh, that's right. You have a spare, you have a whole spare diff, right? Like, you have the whole Dutchman. Oh, yeah. The whole Dutchman. Oh, dude, it's like ready to go. It has like literally the Dutchman housing with a whole other third member bolted into there. Mm -hmm. And they still freaking didn't take it. And you can see it. Like, the doors open and everything. Like, still didn't take it. Like, maybe you guys are like. Maybe just put price tags on shit and maybe they'll take it next time. (laughs) <laughs> right, like where they wouldn't people wouldn't even know what they even freaking had anyways i don't know it's sad that we live in like you know world like that like it's just i don't know this is me off you so uh, it's like right out right after this i have to go freaking lock up the trailer and get some of that stuff out and like i gotta go buy another lock for it like i heard that <sighs> i heard people, that dude what can you do is this your yeah. first day back at... Oh, wait. Oh, today's Sunday. I'm fucking lost right now. I was like, is this your first day back in the shop? Um, uh, is this the first day you noticed it? Yeah. Or? I didn't even... Yeah, I didn't... I wasn't at the shop yesterday. And I was at the sh- I was at the shop Friday. Yeah, I was at the shop Friday, but I wasn't I wasn't at the shop. I know. I saw uh, you at Disneyland. Yesterday. I was like, this yeah. fucking turd's living his best life. Well, I don't know, dude. Like, I mean, I'm constantly like working, 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 working. Or it's like, if I'm not working, then I'm working on the car. I'm working on something over here. I'm working on the Duramax. I'm working on another pro. It's like, I need that once in a while, like, escape. <laughs> you know, uh, I went to Disneyland like sometime this year. Don't ask me a day. I was wearing a jacket, so it must have been cold still. <laughs> uh, but I haven't <laughs> been to Disneyland since I was like 14. I was like, this is place this is actually fucking cool. Oh, like my awesome. girlfriend was it's like, we have to go. I was like, I guess. I had no desire it to go. Sick, yeah, well, we I was didn't like, even go is... into Disneyland. We just went to downtown Disney. Oh shit, really? I thought you guys were in Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, like we were just at downtown Disney. Like because my path, like because I have a Disneyland pass, my path wasn't good. So it's just like, oh, let's just all go, you know, to restaurants and bar hop and like whatever. Yeah. That's what we just do is just go down there and bar hop expensive but you know i'm not gonna do it all the time but once in a while you, you know gotta go have some fun you gotta indulge every now and again right yeah <laughs> yeah we went to uh we're foodies man so like outside of like racing i fucking love food and recently i got into yeah. golf have you do you play golf because if you do nope. i will tell you let's go <laughs> i mini golf <laughs> uh, that's the same difference now if yeah. you ever get into if golf yeah, it's, it's different if you ever Want to get out of the house to go day drinking? Golf is the perfect place to do it. That's what I found out. But I have a couple of friends that, that go golfing and they do that. But <laughs> That's a good time. I don't know. Sports aren't really my thing. <laughs> yeah, neither was mine until they told me you can drink. But Right, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> I think I'm going to call it here, man. We're at like two hours, dude. Uh, thank you oh, for wow, coming we on. are. Yeah. Uh, Heck yeah, brother. Thanks for having me. No, I appreciate you coming on. This is episode 2.5 of fucking Josh Mason, because last week there was a shit show. It happens. (laughs) Uh, But uh, how can people find you, man? Uh, Where where can they find you on Instagram? I don't know if you have, like, Facebook or anything like that. 
Yeah, no, I don't really like. I mean, I have Facebook, but I just use it for like Facebook Marketplace. My YouTube channel like isn't really. I've been doing. I haven't been doing. Yeah, I've been doing much in like my YouTube channel, but mostly I'm just on Instagram. It's just Mason the Driver, M A S O N the Driver. Super simple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's where I share a lot of like my builds and just content and all that kind of crap. I'll eventually fire up YouTube again, but right now it's just been super, super busy just getting a lot of things organized in life. Yeah, I hear you. All right, man. Thank you for coming out again. Uh, best Thanks, of luck bro. at round five. Appreciate I you. will see you there and we'll all go get yeah. shitty TGI Fridays after. Can we fucking move that to BJ's, by the way? Because they close yeah, at the same right? time. Yeah, everyone no, like... I'm down. All right. I'm going to fucking start a movement because Fridays is terrible food. (laughs) It's terrible food. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that great. It ain't like chilies. (laughs) Fridays, if you're listening to this, I love your food. I was just kidding. (laughs) All right, man. Have a good night, man. All right, brother. Thanks again. You did the same. Yeah, five.